Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Summer 16 Podcast. A podcast between two friends who met, well, in the summer of 2016. My name is Tunde, or Taught 7, and I'm here with my dog, John, or at John Bowie. Every Wednesday, we'll have episodes where we somehow figure out how to combine our different views, experiences, and beliefs to talk about anything and always leave having learned something new. On today's episode, we'll have some things to catch up on. Also, we have a lot of TV shows and music that we listened to or watched this past week. In our current event section, we'll revisit the man, the myth, the legend, Mike Tyson and his uh, comeback tour, The Barks Again. And in our Teach Me Something, we have a special guest, Darius Leval from Love Jones, who's going to show us uh, <laughs> how to write some poetry. <laughs> and as always, we'll end with our ABM section. Well, that's it. What's up with you, dog? Dog, did you just make like, um... <laughs> to have people out here thinking I'm really like on my in my field writing this poetry <laughs> shit. I am definitely about to do this poetry, teach me something though, but damn, I was not ready for that. I was not ready for that. Damn. Uh, okay, so how am I doing? Uh what else is up with me? Um whew. So I had to I had to take a page out of your book uh, from last week, man. I needed to uh, listen to my body, and so I had to sit this week out for the half marathon Monday. I think I'm going to cut back this week in terms of the number of miles I'm going to do. Like I've just been having some real issues, just like with my body just being real stiff and sore, and you know I was having those issues after the marathon too. So I'm not trying to take that shit lightly you know what i'm saying like i uh i I contacted my primary care physician or whatever the fuck you adults say your your pcp my pc yeah yeah yeah. i contacted my pcp isn't that a drug what (laughs) it's pcp i mean it's both it's both but oh like it's like wait a minute what um (laughs) but no so i uh did that and so i'm gonna just you know get checked out real quick is you can still go to the doctor in corona right uh, yeah, but it depends on, like, I think the severity of, like, what you need to see a doctor for. Like, if it's definitely an emergency, then yes. But yeah. if it's like, oh, it's my, it's my annual exam, they, they might tell you to push it back or Facts. do it online. Facts. I definitely just sent an too. email. I definitely just sent an email, though, so it's like, whatever, you feel me? Like, he can, he can just tell me what the fuck to do for a couple of days or something like that, but I don't know. Uh, but other than that, yeah, that's, I'm taking, I'm gonna chill this week. I'll probably just do like a bunch of shorter runs. Um, still try to hit 20 miles for the week. And then this last week, I'm gonna have to like go crazy to reach 100 for the month, but I'll at least try to get the 73 for y'all 73 anniversary. Oh yeah. 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 Challenge. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nothing wrong with short runs. Uh, did you see my picture that I posted today for my run? You mean your half marathon? Yeah, I posted a picture that I took. I ran past this um, run shop uh, near this park. It's called Seven Hills Running. And they had a sign out, and the sign said, uh, just run. Um, run happy, run grumpy, run speedy, run slow, run a little, run a lot. Just run. Oh, that's so dope. I thought that, was, I thought that was cool. Like, it doesn't matter how you feel. As long as you get out there, it doesn't matter 
how you feel if you can get out there just you know just run so um saw that today on my run my run was was really good today um took uh cut back my mileage last week from 73 the my week before to 20 last week so my legs are feeling you know kind of springy so nice. um, i i ran today felt pretty good hopefully i can get back to my my normal mileage of i think i was doing 40 a week before i did that that challenge so i'm trying to get back yeah. to the 40 a week so my goal this month is to do 200 200 miles so yeah. if if I'm gonna ever do 200 miles, this would be the month to do it since I already had, you know, 100 miles logged. On Thanks. The yeah, yeah, yeah. You had a 10 days to so get 100 miles. You can definitely yeah, get yeah. the other. Um, what, what is, what was your goal for the year again? It was something crazy, wasn't it? Oh no, it was actually, it was actually oh, just 1,200. Just 1,200. Just 1,200. 100 miles a month. Well, should you better be ahead of the curve, right? Like, no, I'm, way, I'm way ahead right now. I think I'm already at almost 600. No. I'm definitely about 600 miles already, and it's still May. When are you going to do your next marathon? I guess when they allow people to do marathons again? Well, I wasn't going to do one this year because my goal was to run New York. And I signed up for New York. I didn't get in. Mm-hmm. So um, I thought you were going to do L.A. also, though, right? L.A. was supposed to be in March, and I decided not to do that because um, mentally, I wasn't in the space to start training like in, in December. Like, yeah. I don't know if you... Anyone who's listening, if you ever been to like the Pacific Northwest in the wintertime, um, it, it's not terribly cold, but it, it's really dark. Like I think a really lot more early. than really yeah. early, and it, it rains a lot. So I just wasn't in the condition or the mental space to run five or six days a week in the rain Facts. every day. So, Facts, especially trying to prep for a long run during yeah. all that shit, bro. Cold, you did get rainy. the uh, you did get the Chicago Marathon poncho though, right? Yeah, I did. I did. I that did. Shit's but like, fire, that shit's I would, fire. Yeah, it is. But I would have to get like two or three more because I can't wear that every day. Easily. So I would yeah. get like two or three more of those like rain jackets or ponchos. And I just wasn't there. And like, you know, in the wintertime, that's when like all the real hoopers come out to like the indoor courts. So I'm like, I can't like run six days, six days a week and then go hoop like four days a week. That's not going to work. So I chose hooping over, uh, over running in this getting, winter. He was getting busted up. You should have just picked running, bro. You're right. I, I I gotta stop hooping. To be honest, he was over there getting getting busted up. G like, save yeah. yourself some embarrassment oh, today. Or or I was getting invited to play in leagues because I was Where out there you? showing out. Yeah, How many leagues did you play in? How many leagues did you play in today? Uh, None. The answer, the answer is zero because because COVID zero hit leagues. and all the zero leagues. Got canceled. leagues. No <laughs> leagues. You got in no <laughs> leagues. Zero leagues. That's all what I'm the saying. leagues got canceled. But yeah, zero. But, um. I think as soon as COVID's done or, you know, when things return back to normal and leagues do pick back up, um, I think I'm going to stop hooping as much pick up and, and just hoop more just in leagues. Yeah. Do you do, uh, do you do all men's leagues or do you do co-ed leagues or combination or what? I've never played in a co-ed league. Uh, I, did one, I did one last year. Yeah, beginning of last year, it was decent, man. Like, so obviously I'm not like the tallest dude. Like, I'm like five nine or whatever. But sometimes the chicks or the girls want to like try to size me up. Like, especially if they're a little taller or some shit, they want to kind of set like hard screens or like really be on that. But like, yeah. I'm a str- I'm a strong motherfucker. So like, if you try to 
you know, try to catch me on my blind side, like, I'll drop your little ass. Like, listen, yo, it's not sweet, bro. Like, my, and then people be looking at me like I'm overly aggressive. Like, nah, nah man, fuck, like, that. fuck that. I treat everybody the same. Like, exactly. You can catch it just like the next dude. Like, no, stop like, it. The 24 that I go to, there, there are a couple of women players who play up there that like play, play or have played college ball. And mm-hmm. like some dudes would take it easy on them. And then mm-hmm. like, I have a video on my phone. I'll send it to you. Like this, this um, one woman, she actually plays college ball now and she's out there playing with us and she was on my team. And then she crossed this dude for game point, mm-hmm. made him touch the ground. Oh, and, hit the spot. and so we asked her to sign the floor where like, no, like, off. I'm like, see, if you were taking her seriously, <laughs> like, see, like, listen, I remember this other uh, woman who played up there and she was like, she, like, she's one of those players who plays really aggressive. Yeah. She went up for a layup, man. I smacked her shit out the back for so hard. <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck that. You, you, are, you that out shit. here, you out here, you can get cheated just like, just like anyone else. Hell just like yeah. sometimes Hell kids yeah. be out there. Like, nah, let, let a little kid come out there and I get a switch. All hey. right. You getting locked up, G. <laughs> I'm I remember, putting you in the post. I remember when I was in, um, I had to be like eighth grade, maybe. Uh, is this one girl who who played? She used to play on all the boys' travel teams. Like Shorty was nice, right? Her name was Jasmine Hill. I can say that on here, right? She was nice. I'm complimenting her. She's a baller, yeah. G. She's with it. Um, and I remember one of the times, like. It wasn't quite AAU season yet, but, you know, everybody was kind of getting ready for it. We was getting with the travel teams, but it's like a little small local tournament. And uh, Shorty was playing on the other team, and she was a point guard. So sometimes I would be, like, matched up with her. Man, I was out there playing defense for my life, G. Like, because I'm not going to be out here letting Shorty, like, dog me. And, I mean, she could really play. Like, you know, she was trying to hit me with the whoop-whoop step back. Mm-mm, I had hit. I straight hit Gary Payton mode. G like, like I'm in. I'm in her hip, yo. Nope. bro. Listen, right like, there. I I always had the philosophy like you can't break me off if you don't get the ball. So like my deny game was crazy. Like I'm I'm right there just on you. You, you like the, the screens is not working. I'm following you around every spot you're trying to hit. Like no, you're not touching this rock, bro. Like you ain't gonna get me. She could hoop though. She was good, but I just wasn't going. And I think that makes a lot of girls like way better too, though, because they're like they know that when you're playing in like competitive situations, you know, a lot of guys don't take it easy on you, and they kind of get mad if you do try to like take it easy on them. Yeah, but like, but then like they can really hoop like, and and when you younger too, like it's not much of a difference. Like, you know, most people ain't yamming in eighth grade. It's a couple, but you know, if you can hoop, you can hoop. You feel me? So, um. It was really, it was really cool. Like she ended up playing D one ball, all that good stuff. Like she had a great career and everything. Uh, still a, you know, still a pretty good friend to this day. But um, shout out to the female hoopers out there, yo. And so, all yeah. that to say, I was in a co-ed league, and like, it would be good games. But I also would like be on that if like dudes was trying to like body check the girls on my team or some shit. I'm like, oh, now I gotta like treat you like a little child, bro. Like you're not gonna, you're not gonna get away with that shit. So I wasn't going. I'd be real protective with it. Oh yeah, for sure. Why not? You have to be. Like on on one end, be like, 
you're not going to do that to, to the women on my team, but I'm definitely going to do that to women on your team. <laughs> well, also, like, because some of the girls on my team, they'd be, like, 5'3 or some shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, they tiny. So, like, you know, she's trying to take a little jump shot from the elbow, and you go smack that bitch back in her face and knock her over. It's like, hey, fam, like, you know, get off that, fam. Like, don't bring that shit over here in the paint. Like, it's a hard <laughs> foul waiting for you, bro. Like, I got, I got, un- I got unlimited these bitches, like. <laughs> we it's not sweet over here yeah so uh yeah so that was uh i guess that was my monday uh have you had a chance to see insecure i did bruh i did um to be honest i i mean it i thought it was a kind of a boring episode um like i guess it had to be but the truth of the matter is you know, it's the first episode after all the the fighting and everything happened, and so it was really just about like Issa trying to just, I guess, or figure out what the fuck she should do. But it was pretty chill. Like, what did what did you think about it? I don't know. Um, I think overall, compared to last episode, of course, it was a as far as I guess action. It wasn't really action, but like, as far as like drama was concerned, it was a fall off compared to last episode, but he said that was to be expected. I think there were some good parts to the episode. Um, Kind of seeing where Issa's headspace was, because I think she took some of the words that Molly said, she took it to heart, with her asking, asking, you know, um, Nathan, do you feel like I used you when I asked you to, you know, contact... uh, Andrew about you know getting uh, or whatever yeah getting Vince Staples and and how she went above and beyond trying to help people in that episode like the woman pregnant woman and the old man yeah. I think if Molly didn't say what she said she definitely wouldn't wouldn't have uh, done or tried to help those people yeah I mean because it's like it was really, it was really interesting right because she was kind of being. I don't want to say extra because she was like helping people, but it was also like in very peculiar situations. Like, like the old man, like she was trying to help Buddy, but then like he was really kind of being a dick about it. Like, oh for sure. Like, don't don't type this into GPS. Then the government's gonna know how to get there. And it's just like, bro, like, do you need help or not? Like, it was also kind of an interesting comment on like when you want to help somebody and how people like just want to be difficult kind of thing. Uh, let me tell you something. What happened yesterday? Uh-oh. So oh, yesterday, shit. yesterday, uh, Callie, I, Callie, myself, and Guinness went to the park because uh, to Guinness for like a long walk through the park. It was like a three mile, three and a half mile walk through the park, like this uh, trail trail park. And so we're driving up there, and with the red light, and this guy is like, I see him all the time, but I always see him while I'm running. He has a sign that he lost his job and needs any type of help he can get. The carry is like, I was like, I should give him some money. And Carrie's like, do you have any money? So I had like this change little compartment in my car. You have, you, have, you have a Camry too. So like right by yeah, the stem. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think most cars change. have that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 With the change in there. So I have a bunch of like quarters and, you know, whatever. So I was like, Carrie wants the window down. I handed her like, like a dollar twenty or something like that in change. So I, I give it to Cali and Cali like kind of just shops it in his hand. And he was like, uh, do you have any bills? Like I really need some bills. Like, Bitch. Nigga, if you don't get my fucking money back, if it wasn't COVID, dog, and he didn't really touch that money, I'm like, yo, give it back, yo. 
like you're literally you're literally a beggar literally and and you're asking for like i don't want this i want i want actual dollar bills he said what the fuck am i gonna do with this like what am i gonna do with these fucking coins (laughs) i need bills nigga bills and and, and so today when i left my run i ran by him again today oh did you i just looked at him like you motherfucker yo do you think he recognized you I mean, I'm probably because I mean the neighborhood I live. I live in Seattle. Like it's not that many, like black six dudes. five maybe, black maybe. dudes. Yeah. But, I mean, when you, when you saw me, I was sitting down though. But still, like in your car. I don't know. Sir. Uh, I, it's funny because I remember uh, the reason why I ask is because I remember when I was an undergrad, there was like a bunch of homeless people that would be like right in like the heart of campus. Kind of, they would just kind of post up on the. Uh, like in these like certain streets on campus at University of Illinois, and I remember one time, like I would I was I would try to help the the, the black homeless folks if I seen them, yeah. Uh, and so like I gave Buddy like a dollar one time, and you know maybe a couple weeks later I give another dollar, uh, and I remember one time I'm like walking home after class, and I feel like Buddy saw me and then like tried to cross the street. To just get there and post up, wait for me, just because he knew that if he caught me on a good day, like I give him money, and it's like, oh, yeah, this nigga remembers me, bro. Like, it ain't too many black folks yeah. out walking on this campus with a backpack on, like he knows. But then I remember it was like the summer or something. I seen there was there was this little bar, and they had like a one of them little slot machines in there, and I seen the same man like take cash and then go try to just and just spend it all in the slot machine and then from that day on i never gave nobody money again g i was like like i I definitely feel that like but sometimes especially i think the pacific northwest is ripe with just homeless like a homeless population because of the the care that our local government takes like they take care of homeless people like unlike other cities so Sometimes you'll see homeless people out, like with their whole family, dog, like kids and all. Jesus. And I and I and I feel I feel so bad for them. Like I have to like, like, and I I don't even carry cash, but like if I have cash, like I'll you know, man, I'll like have, I'll get it. is is this just like a completely ridiculous thing for me to say? But like, like your whole family is homeless. Like I guess what is it like? It, is this just like y'all all just fell on hard times and now like yeah, y'all just like out on the street kind of thing? Yeah, like you lost your job and you haven't worked in like whatever. Yeah. But because most of the time I associated to like, you know, mental illness and then like disabilities and stuff like that and then just mm-hmm. unable to find a lot of stuff. But, you know, in the cases of like a whole family, you know, wouldn't there be, you know, like hopefully there's like shelters and stuff. Like, I mean, in. Seattle and Portland, I feel like there's a lot of places like that where you can go at least temporarily to kind of figure stuff out, you know? Or I don't know. I, it's I, rough though. That would fuck me up. The I, kids would fuck me up. Yeah. So I like whenever I do, like I whenever I do give money, like it's always last I have money and I see if I have a twenty dollar bill and I see somebody with their family out there, like bro, you you can have this twenty. Really? Yeah, like because it's Run it's it, kids, yeah. like like they didn't do anything to like Facts. deserve to be out there, so. But Facts. but back to back to insecure. One thing that I did notice <laughs> um, about insecure was um, some uproar about uh, the the woman 
who Issa met at the paint party, the paint and sip party. Spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert. And um, uh, they talked about they, they were in LA for her, like, uh, bachelor, Kyla, bachelorette party, Kyla, right? Yeah, Kyla Pratt's bachelor party. She's in the episode of Kyla Pratt. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Kyla yeah. Pratt. It was so nice to see her, man. I missed her face. Yeah. Um, so they talked about, oh, yeah, I'm from DC. Like, I'm from DC. I'm from PG County, um, which, um, I guess foreshadowing, we're going to talk about PG Connie later on in this episode. It's not but that, uh, it's not they that. talked about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there's like, oh, I'm pretty good, Connie. And then I have, I was in a Instagram group today, not Instagram, a uh, groupie group today, and with some with some of the bros, and they were talking about how a lot of people were saying that, uh, well, I'm from, I live in PG County now. And or I live in Maryland, DC. I'd never heard the term PG County. And we were talking about like what? Like, well, you don't you're not from here. Like I first time I heard of the term pretty girl county. Um mm-hmm. I was like in middle school. And it's it's I always mean, even I've heard of that. Like even I've heard of pretty girl county. Like I've heard of that. Yeah, and then like there are a lot not, of pretty girls too, so it makes listen, sense. Yeah. Listen, Bruh, um, listen, we can talk about it. <laughs> PG County, it's it's definitely like especially like if you're into black women and yeah. like the PG County DC area is like it's ripe with just just black all types of black people like this like yes. if you want yes. uh if you're if you're um if you're black american if you're yep. haitian if you're yep if you're dominican if you're if you're jamaican if you're if you're like east east african if you're Nigerian, like, the reason why my parents settled in in DC was because they had a, a really big um, Nigerian population. Yeah, I think they have a big African African population yeah, just, in just in general. Like I know it's a yeah. lot of Ethiopians, uh, Ghanaians, sure. like all all types of, of black folks out there, man. Like, I mean, but it's also you know it's right there DC, right? Like they got folks from all over the world. Like PG is like really good for like black folks, but I mean the whole DMV as a whole, G like. I think it's just beautiful women everywhere out there. Yep. So, so like, um, I think that that also was something that that kind of tied into Issa's like her real life because she, I mean, she's from you know everyone knows oh you know she lived in she's from LA but she also lived in Maryland for a good while too. Yeah. So, so that, that's something a lot of people don't know about. But she lived in Potomac, so yeah. Eh, is that really PG not, County? No. Nah, not really. <laughs> no. Nah. Yeah, so ain't that closer uh, to where I've ain't that closer to where I'm from? Uh Potomac is like uh more towards um what's towards like uh Montgomery County. So which is what? More what uh west? Yeah, it's west it's like northwest, right? Of PG. Uh yeah, yeah, uh northwest, yeah, northwest. northwest. It's like northwest Sorry. of PG because Columbia is like just north. I mean I mean How- so, Howard County is just north. And then Montgomery is like northwest. Yeah, so like, uh, you ever heard of like Bethesda or like Rockville? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, so a, like it's, Rockville, it, yeah. Yeah, so it's like I think like southwest of Rockville, but like north, a little northwest of Bethesda. So like, it's yeah. definitely Montgomery County, which is like the I want to say is probably one of the more affluent counties in it is. In, yeah, in in Maryland, uh, lots of isn't people Silver, there. Isn't Silver Springs in Montgomery County too? Yeah, Silver Spring, uh, Rockville, Bethesda. Um, See, I'm I not sure. 
I told I'm you, bro. Sure. I'm from Maryland, bro. I told you. I'm not sure if Gaithersburg is actually in Montgomery County. I want to say Gaithersburg is Montgomery County. But, yeah, so growing up, we always thought that Gaithersburg was, I mean, Gaithersburg, Montgomery County was, like, the, the bougie county. Bougie. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so she lived, she lived in Montgomery County. Uh, and so I could see, like, how she kind of brought that into the, into the episode. So I thought sure. it was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, but definitely. Then, but then I saw like people saying, "Well, pretty girls ain't like I don't think pretty girls are actually live in PG County." Like, all right, they're tripping. Even I know that, but I mean, I'm from there, so it's different. I don't know that. Like, like we, like we, almost the same. Like, you know, we basically, we basically grew up together two days the whole, our whole I know, life. Right? I know, right? Uh, Why is we gonna go talk, to again? We gonna, we gonna talk about it. We gonna talk about it. Uh, we gonna talk about it when we get to the segment, bro. We gonna talk about it. When oh, we get okay, to the okay, yeah, 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 true, true. Save for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, I'm so, say that. So, oh, real TV. quick. Sorry, one more oh, thing, boy. though. One more thing, though. We since we yeah. just shooting the shit real quick before we really jump into it. Jump into it. Um, are you going to uh, uh, let the let the fans know? Let let our friends know, man. New Mike Hudis. New New Mike Hudis. Oh right? yeah, yeah. I forgot. I forgot. I forgot. Uh, yeah. So I want to say I ordered a new mic on. Shout out to Amazon because I ordered a new mic on Saturday. Shout and, out to Amazon, really? <laughs> and then, and then I got my, I had my new mic yesterday. <laughs> so, oh one day shit, delivery. that fast? Damn. Yeah, one day delivery. I, I mean, I, it helps to live in Seattle, where the Amazon is, you know, headquartered. So, uh, I got a new mic. It's been a long time coming. Uh, the last mic I had was for my last podcast, uh, R.I.P. N.W.A.P. That kind of rhymed. It did. Yeah. <laughs> Just gonna put your face in the mirror and you can get bars all day. <laughs> but yeah, so it's it's been like five years since I had my last mic. Um, that one I think was kind of it, it served its purpose for then, but I think my sound quality wasn't the best. So hopefully, listening to this, uh, I sound a lot better on episode seven than I—I I mean, episode eight than I do on the first seven episodes. Yeah, I'm probably gonna sound the same, y'all. I got the same mic, but it's okay. We're gonna make it rock, G. But let but us know. Is, like, it's nowhere than mine. It is. It is. It is. And it, it's decent. You know what I'm saying? I, th- I think the quality's been pretty good so far. But yours looks fancy as fuck, though. I ain't gonna lie to you. Like, didn't it come with like a case and everything? No, a hard case with a foam on the inside, or the egg, the, um, the egg crate on the inside. And it has like eight different pieces. Yeah. Look, watch this, watch this, watch this. So uh, we have Tunde, Dr. Tunde Akinyake, the traveling podcaster. If you're looking for any guest spots on your podcast, email uh, summer16podcast at gmail.com. He will be doing a tour shortly. You can FaceTime, Zoom, or Skype him into any podcast around the world. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, dog. Let's rock on current events. You ready? All right, current events. All right, so I think every the whole not the whole world, but if you if you're into any type of sports, you've been Should watching be the, whole the last world. five weeks. You've been watching uh, a great documentary. I can admit that documentary was amazing. Um, uh, the last dance finale episodes nine and ten came on last night. Uh, even if you even if you pirated the first eight episodes. So they just finished, you know, editing nine or ten. So I think everyone was watching episode nine and ten last night. 
it ended like I thought it was going to end. I should have took bets. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Spoiler alerts: They win the championship. Everyone, uh, they they repeat the threepeat. That was another uh, rhyme. G. I I think. Oh yeah, bars. Hashtag bars. bars. Hey, it's the poetry episode. That's what we're gonna call this one, G. It's the poetry episode. It's just bars throughout, G. We should we, we should call this. Um, we should call this. Langston, let's call it Hughes, Langston Hughes, and I'm trying to go another Paul Lawrence Dunbar. Yep, uh, you, you you can be Langston Hughes because you're you're more light skinned than I am, and bro, I'm not light skinned though. Oh, you're lighter than I am. Sorry, not light skinned. I mean, light like, I mean, like hardwood looks lighter than coal, but it's still both black. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. But um. I thought episodes nine and ten were really good. Um, one part that kind of stuck out to me—I forgot the man's name—the the his like security guard who oh who, Gus Gus the security yeah, guard yeah that that was that was I I had no idea about that yeah and definitely um I like how he kind of like Gus kind of stood in as like a father figure for him and even like when he. You know, developed lung cancer and was going through chemo. Like uh, Mike was still, you know, going to visit and making sure everything was good with him and and his and his family, right? Which is important. Yes, yeah. I thought that that was like like a really stand up thing because he didn't he didn't have to do that. Nope. Um, I thought I thought that was a really good part that I I had no idea about. Um, Another thing that kind of stood out around that same thing too for me is you know when they kind of talked about his relationships with all the, all the people, right? Like, you know, obviously this is highly emotional times and, you know, a lot of the times and a lot of the stories, you know, so much got talked about Jordan kind of being a bully and, you know, you know, really pushing people and all that stuff. But like, I think the one thing that kind of broke through is that he really cared about, the people that he was with, you know what I'm saying? Like he did have like love for them. It was just shown in a very harsh, aggressive way. But you know, when, when you're not in the trenches, you know, it, you know, he was a very thoughtful, caring person, right? Like even signified by like the poem that he wrote, like at the end of the whole last dance and how they had that whole sort of ritualistic thing that Phil had them do burning all of their notes um, at the end of the the season and everything, like I mean, for any leader that I would care to follow, like that's what you'd look for, right? Like you, you know, keep your promises and you know, push for us all to be the best we can be. Fucking goat, fucking goat, man. Let me ask you this. Um, okay. Do you think they they win six championships if they have? Doug Collins is the coach the whole time. Mm. Do I think they win six like they did? No, just six in general. I say they like same amount of time, six championships. Does Jordan retire in the middle? Yeah, yeah. So, so same amount of years. Yeah, yeah. Six same amount of years. Do I think they get six championships? Um, it's hard for me to think that they don't, but. Um, uh, you know, part of me has to say no. Part of me has to say no, and I and I say that 
not from an X's and O's perspective, but you know, I think that Phil was a master at blending the personalities that they had in that locker room. Yeah. Um, you know, the way he was able to handle Rodman and, you know, be a little softer with Scotty, but then also keep Mike, Michael accountable and, you know, create an atmosphere where, you know, everyone yeah, kind he looked, of. He knows how to handle personalities. Yeah. And that, and that was really his biggest gift, I think. I think, you know, of course he was great, X's and O's and all that other stuff, but like handling the personalities that were in that locker room, like he had a bunch of alphas. And then like a, a alpha plus with Michael Jordan, and it's like, I mean, he yeah, could teach a master I, I class agree. on psychology. I think maybe they get four, four, yeah, 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 yeah. I could three, see three, a three, possibly three, possibly three, yeah. I could see a three Pete with Doug Collins, but to repeat three Pete, I like that so much. That's a that would be a little more hard pressed because you get a little Hollywood going for that second three Pete. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. that hunger and that that tenacity of not having one yet isn't there. Um, but uh, what else kind of stood out for the most oh, recent episodes? Oh, oh, I would say this. What stood out to me was the Pacers. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. Reggie Miller. I, I, that series, dog, I was rooting for the Pacers. Because, like, just the whole thing, like, even with, like, the Warriors today and, like, kind of like Miami – and like the Spurs, like every time you like when you see a team win over and over, you kind of start to like root for like the underdog. So like, I like that. I really like that that Pacers team. Like, I fucked with the the Davis brothers because they were like the bruisers of the team. Rick Smith was like the finesse kind of European yeah. big man. Mark Reggie Jackson Miller was, was a dog. Mark oh, Jackson yeah. was a dog. Jalen Rose, Fab Five, fucked with him definitely. Yeah. Um, and like Reggie Miller, I think I don't think history has been as kind to him because Reggie Miller was that he's a he's nice. Dude. Reggie so, Miller was nice, and like I I just I just remember I forget I think they were playing the I didn't play the Knicks. It was like in the eighth, it was Eastern Conference playoffs. I remember they were it was they were down two. He gets the ball, pump fakes, goes down the middle of the lane, and. Dunks on three people. And I'm just like, yeah. people forget how people think Reggie Miller just shot the ball. Nah, yeah, nah, he was like, with play, it. Play around, he, you get dunked on, fucking Reggie Miller. See you the thing with Reggie. Seven. The thing with Reggie Miller, though, and it's unfortunate, but he he kind of got outshined because he wasn't the best hooper in his household. As much of a dog as he was in the NBA, like Cheryl was the was the business, bruh. Yeah, she was. She was but, the but, business, but, but, like, and that's but, the I thing, think, like. I think that's why he doesn't really get the clout. Like, and I think it's kind of like I think folks just kind of give it up and be like, "Yo, Cheryl's the best Miller that's hooped." You know what I'm saying? Like, but, as 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 great as Reggie was, I'm not trying to take anything away yeah. from that man. Like, and he ain't got no chips. He ain't got no with chips. The, with, the, with the real hoopers, like like uh, if you're not a real hooper, right? Do you really know about Cheryl Miller? If you're just like a casual fan, I don't think you really know like, like how good Cheryl mm-hmm. Miller was. Uh, you might not know who Cheryl Miller was, but you also aren't as aware of Reggie Miller because he ain't got no chips. Yeah. Yeah. For real, for real. And he but, wasn't like culturally significant. Like Allen Iverson doesn't have Allen Iverson ain't got no championships. Yes, I think that's what it is. I think culturally AI is. is like, you know, and he like shook Charles, up, Charles Broccoli he culturally Jordan. same. Huh? He Charles Broccoli same thing. He was he was yeah. Charles Broccoli had a significance culturally as well. He so said he did, I, didn't 
he he does he does so that's why Charles Barkley is also remembered. People yes, Charles, people like Charles Barkley like oh Charles Barkley was just amazing because uh, like I think Charles uh, culturally uh, I'm not as sure I I think just in terms of his style of play though like he was a six six big man like he was so unique right and I mean now he's very visible you know what that, I'm saying that, like that's what I mean him culturally okay. today. Like okay, it, fair enough. Like, yeah. Like uh, you take when you think of basketball and commentating, like most people are like, I'm tuning to TNT. Uh, yeah. I'm listening to Ernie, Kenny, Shaq, Shaq and Chuck. That's yeah. what I mean. Like person like today. Yeah. People, like young people might not know how good Chuck was back then, but they yeah. know him today as you know being funny loud. As and, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I don't and know. And Reggie Miller is just a commentator sometimes. Yeah, he does color commentary, and yeah. which is not really the same thing. He can't yeah. like really show his personality, but um, I do fuck with Reggie Miller tough though. Um, that kind of stood out to me as well. Um, also, it was great to see um, Carmelo get denied the championship again. Uh, <laughs> fuck Carmelo. You don't fuck with Carmelo? No. Why he's not? A, he, he's a he's a he's a fucking R. Kelly. Is he really? Dog. Um. Wait a, minute, wait a 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 minute. You're telling me, <clears throat> excuse me, let me get this right. You're saying Carl Malone is an R. Kelly? That's what you're saying? Oh, well, not, 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 you know. He's not as good at it. Oh, no, I yeah, mean, so, he's not as, so, ooh, that was yeah, terrible. So, so basically, yeah. there's a story, uh, shit, uh, more videos are coming out, I guess because of the documentary. These more are, videos like, are coming yeah. out of Carl Malone? That video, they're resurfacing, like the story's resurfacing. Basically, he escaped statutory rape charges in college after impregnating a 13-year-old girl. What? This is in the 80s, yeah. What? Oh, damn, that shit was posted 13 hours ago. And there's another one three hours ago. Dog, look at all these look at all these posts. Yeah, he was twenty and had had a had a had a child for thirteen year old. What and then she gave birth to the kid too. I forget that he's a father of a WNBA player. Um Swing Cash. He's Swing Cash's father. And like he never he never met her in person. What no not not Swing Cash. Uh shit. I tanked that. Uh mm, he is Cheryl Ford's Cheryl Ford's um father. And she won three WNBA championships. So how, so so basically you were a deadbeat dad to your daughter until she was an adult. Cause she was born in eighty one. Wait, think- it looks like so wait, what I just saw is um he has a son that Played in the NFL. Yeah, it looks like it was a son that he had with the thirteen-year-old. Yeah, it was a son. She was thirteen. He was twenty. He had a son. She had a son named Demet- Demet- Demetrius. Demetrius. What kind of name is Demetrius? I don't know, but he's at a left tackle in the NFL. Oh, yeah. So De- Jesus. So, so regardless, uh, yeah, Carmelo's a piece of shit. Damn! Is there not like a story behind this? Like, no, it, it's. I, I thought it was common knowledge that he that statutory rape thing. 
What? Yeah. Wow. And it, and so like it's amazing like how he's kind of like kind of flew under the radar with all this shit. He was such a good basketball player. Yeah. So like. Yeah, that's basically, crazy. Basically, he denied his daughter all that time, and then like, as wow. in, he finally met her, and then like kind of like try to mend the relationship with Cheryl Ford, and wow. she won, she won three championships. Mm, good genetics. And he won none. So. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Thank you, Michael Jordan. <laughs> Look at Michael Jordan administering justice, baby. <laughs> uh, administering justice to the people. Yeah, Jordan is the goat. Um, okay, all jokes aside, and we talked about this on the Instagram live, but help me, Tunde, help me. All right, I I think that through this documentary, every single week, the episodes got better. They painted a very um, I want to say a, a, a very honest picture of like the situations that were going on. Like it didn't try to highlight only Michael Jordan's strengths. Like we talked about the gambling. We talked about his obsessive uh, competitiveness. We talked about, you know, how he was an asshole to some of his teammates and he required excellence all the time. But damn, like after watching these last five weeks of this documentary, I don't understand how anyone could finish episode 10 and not say that Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time. I don't get it. And I'm sure you're going to have plenty to say about why he's not, but I don't, don't I just, I just, I just don't feel like he is like, I, I think, I think that it's, it's okay if people don't, think he's the greatest like yeah like, sure it's okay but you're wrong no because it's an, an it's an opinion like the greatest of something is an opinion Ugh. right so it's so sub- like subjective bro so like if so for instance let's say uh um we're having a, we're having an arg we're having a thing of not a debate, but like a discussion on the IG live about about iPhones, right? Sure, sure. So, so obviously, me and you think that iPhones are the best type of phone, right? Okay. And sure. then a lot of people, a lot of people, I would say a lot of people also think that same way. But if somebody were to come, like my cousin came in and said, "iPhones suck. I'm Team Galaxy," right? So. Mm-hmm. All because, See, I don't think all because, it's the same. Why don't you? I don't I'm talking about groupthink group versus just having a different opinion. Yeah, see, uh, and I and I and that's where I see that you're going with this because groupthink is more objectivity, right? Because I think in an honest conversation, you know, I can sit here and say that Android phones do have benefits to um, iPhones, right? I think in terms of. Uh, you know, your ability to customize the open sourceness of the software stack. You know, there's a lot of really good benefits to Android phones versus iPhones, you know, where Apple is a much more closed, you know, system and you can't really control a lot of things that happen on your phone. Um, when we're talking about Michael Jeffrey Jordan, subjectively, like in terms of, you know, winning prowess, 
uh, you know, skills on and off the court, he could be argued as the greatest basketball player to step on the court. He was black yeah, Jesus. He was I black agree with Jesus. That. He, he can be, and he like, can be argued. He can be argued. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, 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 say yeah. He is the best. I don't like everyone doesn't have to have that opinion. Okay, I'll give you a better example. But also, yeah. like, but also a lot of the people having that opinion, like, I, I feel like their arguments are kind of poo poo because, like, uh, like okay, you, you're sitting here saying that LeBron, you think that LeBron is more skilled than Michael Jordan. True or false? I do. I do. And it's like he's not a better shooter. But that's, he doesn't, that's not the, he doesn't that's have not the, the mental intangibles of Michael Jordan. That's Those are skills argument, that matter. That's not the question. It's not who's the better overall player. You actually who the GOAT is. And I don't think Jordan's the GOAT. I don't think Brown is the GOAT. You don't think anyone's the GOAT, though. So your argument is moot at this point. Like, so you why, can't so argue. Why, you, you, so why, you, you asked me, though. I didn't ask you. I don't want to ask you shit because I know that you're about to just say some bullshit. So, 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 so let me ask you this. Let's go, let's go rappers. A lot of people think that Jay-Z is the greatest rapper of all time. And he has a lot of the intangibles that, that I think will make him the greatest rapper of all time. Okay. Right? So, like, like number one records. You can say, well, well Drake has more, more number one records, but he was in a, in a different era with streaming kind of, like, you have streaming farms and you have all these things to kind of help him. But Jay-Z did, did the same thing or held these records with physical CD sales. Like, you have to go into a mall and buy a CD. And mm-hmm. he... He was the greatest in that era, just mm-hmm. like say Jordan was the greatest in his era, where where the game was more pure, right? Okay. But but if somebody was if somebody were coming today and say, well, I don't think he's the greatest rapper of all time. Like I had a discussion a couple weeks ago, and somebody said only old niggas listen to Jay Z. I'm like, that's what? Not that's not true at all. <laughs> exactly. So it is look, primarily look. old niggas, though. It is primarily old niggas, but not only. Uh, not really. You're an old nigga, Tunde, so you listen to Jay-Z, so y- you can't speak Wait, for the youth. I will speak for the youth. Do you listen to Jay-Z? A little bit. <laughs> 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 you know what I'm saying? Like, well, I, I, a little. I, I, I sprinkled some Jay-Z here and there. He's not on Spotify, though, so, like, I can't really get access like I want to. Like, oh, that's your fault, then. I'm not fucking buying title. I'm not. I'm not either. It's just on Apple. Is it? Not all of it. Uh, the hell it ain't. Is it really? Yeah. No, it's not. Dog. I'm t- all right. When you get off, I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna, pull, I'm gonna type in Jay Z and I'm gonna pull up all the me. Show me. Um. But yeah. So I I just don't think that everyone has to have the same opinion. Like everyone's criteria is different, and people hold like different those different criteria up to say who they think is. The goat or not, even though I don't think there's a overall goal. Because w- once again, I don't like I don't like the whole. It's it's fun when we do it, but I think the, the conversation gets kind of overplayed. Like they had like a twenty minute segment on ESPN today about this. I'm like, come on, yo, I get it. To be fair, that's because they don't have enough content to fill the airwaves. Like, give them a but break. This, but this isn't the first time they've done it. They, they, this is something that's been even before COVID with ESPN. They yeah. they, they drive this argument into the ground. Okay, can we at least can we at least though just get you know say that you know it's one thing to say that you don't think Michael Jordan is the goat, right? I can accept you saying that even though I believe you're wholeheartedly wrong. But it's a different thing to just be like he's not the goat and nobody's the goat. Like that's not really much of an argument. Like like you're just basically saying that there can't exist 
this idea of who's the greatest basketball player of all time. And I don't think that's fair. Like, I don't Why like, not? I don't think it's fair because like, it's one thing to just shoot down my beliefs, but then counter with your belief. I, 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 I'm not shooting down your beliefs. If you, if you think he's the greatest of all time, then more power to you. Mm-hmm. But like, just, like for instance, like in rap, right? Yeah, I don't think it does a golden rap too. I don't think it's a golden rap either because I listen to different rappers for different things, right? If I want some, if I oh want some like some, some trap shit, I'm gonna go listen. I'm gonna, I'm gonna listen to Gucci. I'm listening to Dolph. If I want to like, but if I were to ask you who's the greatest trap rapper of all time, who would you say? The yeah, greatest trap rapper. That's different. That's right? still, but that's still saying the goat of something. Tunday, he's still the goat of something that you would say like. Okay, so, so Jordan, I brought in the I brought in the spectrum of the conversation instead of saying who's the greatest basketball player to wear number twenty three. Like, who gives a oh, fuck? He's still the, the goat. The greatest, the greatest, all right, so Jordan's the greatest basketball player of his era. But that's still like the goat of uh, okay of, of his era. Yeah, athlete. okay. He's a, of an, he's with a big, an yeah, I, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. He's the big, greatest saying, basketball player the of his era. Way, it's still the same conversation. Like. No, it's still no, it's the not. same type of conversation. It is. Because you, you, you can't compare. So, so. It it's the instance, same conversation. For, for instance, you can't compare somebody who played in the era where there was no three-point line. Or Duncan wasn't allowed. Those different rules, different types, different style of play, different era. You can't compare that to Jordan's era. Just like you can't really compare Jordan's era to this era. Just like I can't compare Jay-Z to fucking Young Dolph. But I like them both equally. That's what I hear. That's all I hear when you talk That's fine. at this point. That's, That's fine. All I hear. Like, fine. No, what, don't watch any more basketball ever. Watch Jordan highlights for the rest of your life. How about that? <laughs> I'm just going to I'm gonna put the last dance on repeat. I am going to buy the DVDs. And I know uh, motherfuckers don't buy DVDs no more. But I'm buying see, DVDs. Is these are all the Jay-Z albums. Center, center it on the screen a little bit. Center, move it over. So this mm-hmm. reasonable doubt, volume one, volume two, volume three. Um, rock Blueprint two. Blueprint two. Uh, that's uh, on Apple Music, huh? Unfinished business. Uh, the the Arcade joint. Um, Kingdom Come. American Damn. Gangster. Blueprint three. Watch the Throne. Guy Carter. Four for four. Yeah. Four for four was good, wasn't it? I like four for four. Yeah, it was, it was cool. It was. I would say, I would say, it's four or five, maybe. What you said, a four out of five? No, four, four or five on the list of Jay Z albums. Oh, like top four, or top five. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm not oh. old enough to have listened to his whole catalog seriously. So, wait, 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 wait. Are you serious? Huh? Are you serious? What am I serious with? What? You're not old enough to listen to his catalog. No, nah, only old niggas listen to Jay Z. So you, so you, what, what Jay Z album have you heard? What Jay Z album haven't I heard? Ooh, that's gonna be tough. Um, let me see. Hold on, I, 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 I let me list them and tell me you've heard of this album before. Reason okay. without. Yes, of course. Volume one. Volume one. In my lifetime. Um, City is mine. Uh, I know what girls like with Kim and Puff. I know. What okay, girls so, so like. this is okay. So this is what's gonna this is what's gonna happen, right? This is what's gonna happen from 
from My Life Volume One to uh, the Dynasty album. I would have heard the singles off of those albums, like the main songs off of those albums. I would have heard them all, like Hard Knock Life, like like those are all like easy. So- but then, but I wouldn't be like. But what I'm saying is, like, I wasn't sitting down consuming full albums of Jay Z's probably until the Blueprint. Wow. So you have no. So you. So you never heard So Ghetto. Uh no, I think I've heard that. I think I've heard it. That was a pretty big single, though. Uh... That was a pretty big single, wasn't it? Like that wasn't. Just the hidden gem. I don't think so. Get up with the same. No, no, off volume three. I don't think so. Get up was a, was a single. Um, do it again, like put your hands up with Beanie. And um, uh, oh, you're right. So, get up wasn't the single. You're right. Yep. Uh, trying to think what, what the singles were. Um, Big Pimpin was a single, Big Pimpin was fire. See, like, so that's what I'm saying. Like, if I'm being honest, like, I'm being honest here, okay? Yeah. I don't think I was listening. I, I've heard Reasonable Doubt post-96, okay? But that's because it's, like, this first album. I always, like, listen to artists' first album. Um, But I wasn't probably consuming a full Jay-Z album until the Blueprint. Oof. So, you, oh, you missed some gems. Because... I got the singles. No, 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 no. See, B side Jay Z is better than only single Jay Z. Only old niggas listen to Jay Z. Well, I'll be old then because Jay Z. You are. You are. He's the best rapper of his era. All his his lane. I think Jay Z better than Nas. Would you say he's the goat? Would you say he's the goat of his era? Stupid. So dumb. Of his era. Of his lane. Yes. So stupid. Jesus Christ. Of his lane, fucking keep putting asterisks on shit. Too big. Kanye West. They're not in the same era of rapping, right? Well, he signed him, so he has to be better than him. No, all right, so moving not, on. That's not true at all. On, what? <laughs> what? I'm trolling. I'm trolling. I'm trolling. What? <laughs> I'm trolling. What? I was uh, knocked my damn mic over, bro. What? Because obviously Drake is better than Wayne. Obviously. <laughs> I don't think so. I, oof. That's gonna get a hot. It's gonna be a hot button right there, G. Um, oof. Okay. All in all, though, all in all, um, just to kind of close that up, the last dance was a phenomenal documentary. It was. Um, and you know, I really appreciate them showing the showing everything that they did, and like whether we think he, whether you think he's the goat or not, I think he's the goat or not. It doesn't matter. It's a new generation of like hardcore Jordan fans, and like his shoes are about to sell like crazy right now. Like Jordan brand is stock is high right now after all of this. Uh, FYI, I think this. I think this. The timing. Imagine if they would have re- released the documentary at its original time. Like yeah. the final goes. The final goes off. But like we don't care who won. I'm yeah. Jordan, so I'm. Gonna, I'm gonna steal all the shine. Facts. I, I mean, he still did right though, right? Like. They're talking about they don't even know if the NBA is coming back right now. You know, like they're talking about potentially bringing it back. But if it, if you care about anything about basketball, this is the only thing you've had to consume um, in the last, you know, five weeks. And it's incredible. So good. 
now we can move on. What are you about to say? What's next? What do we got next? Uh, toxic, uh, toxic Hendrick. Toxic, toxic McFuture Hendrickson. Um, so, um, Future Hendrix. What the? What's that whole man's name? It's like Tranvarius or some shit. I think his name is Tranvarius or some shit. Um, I don't, I don't you said what? I said I don't know. I'm gonna let you take this one because uh, you know how I feel about it. Yeah. So, all right, everybody. This past Friday, uh, Future blessed us all. Navidius. Tranvidius. Oh, Navadius. Navadius? Yeah, I, I wasn't going to remember that shit. Um, Future blessed us all with a new album called High Off Life. The master of toxic music is back. And um, I actually kind of like the album. I have to admit that most Future albums that I listen to, I always have to listen to them twice. Because the first time I listen to it through, every song sounds the same. And I'm like, what the fuck just happened? But then the second time I go through, you start to really appreciate a lot of the stuff that he gives the people. You know, I, this is the second week now in a row that we've gotten a project that makes me want to be the fuck outside. Like, this isn't an album to just sit back in the crib and relax and read a book. No, this is for you and the homies to go out and act up. Uh, I enjoyed quite a lot of the songs on there. Like I thought Trapped in the Sun was a great start. You got the features with Travis, Young Thug, Lil Uzi. You got the Life is Good, which is the single that him and Drake used to curse the world. Um, and you even have the Life is Good remix with baby on there too. Uh, I thought 100 Shooters was another great song with Meek Mill. Um, so I thought it was a pretty good album. Um, but Tunde, you... Do you not agree, sir? Do you, no? Uh, I thought that the album was one long song. Uh, I couldn't uh, differentiate between where one song ended and the next song started. Uh, yeah, there was like some toxic lyrics in there. But unlike last week, like listening to um, the Slime and B album, that type of toxic toxicity it's like the fun type, like let you know, let's go out and party, and you know, let Back. let's you know, let me let's let's take some some Percocets and some Adderall and just <laughs> you know, and just and just have a good time. Yeah, yeah, I might hate you tomorrow, but tonight, you know, we're, we're gonna have fun. But like, like Future's brand of toxicity, it's a little too dark for me, and it's like yeah. it makes me just depressed, and I'm just like, ugh. Like, cheer up, buddy. Like, what's like? <laughs> I understand you have 19 kids, but sh- still, like, talk about life is good. Like, Jesus. make me feel like life is good. I don't know. I just. Right. Can I have some happy beats, my G? Like, like everything is so dark and gr- gloomy. Like, Actually, it makes you want to, like, go in a room and, like, close all the blinds and just lay on the floor or something. Well, so interestingly enough, right? Like, you know, you go back in Fuge's catalog, I think that a lot of his other projects you know, had a lot more, I guess, kind of what you were looking for, like, you know, party mode, or like partier, happier, or better toxic shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, even if it's just, you know, going back to Dirty Sprite, Dirty Sprite 2, What a Time to Be Alive, 56 Nights, 
beast mode, all that stuff. Um, this one, while it is still future, I don't know, bro. Listening to the lyrics, like actually trying to listen to the lyrics, which I'm sure people are listening right now, like, why are you listening to future for the lyrics? But if you actually listen to it, like he wasn't actually as toxic. Like I felt like there was stuff. I was actually talking to one of the homies about it earlier. Like actually talking about stuff like, oh yeah, like I'm about to pay for her and her friends for the hotel room and we about to go on a vacation. Like, haha. And this is like, bro, this isn't Mr. Ch- you know, chicken wings and fries. We don't go on dates. Like, this is a whole different person that I'm listening to. Like, yeah, who is that? He's in love, I guess. He's in love with Lori Harvey, bruh. Uh, Do you know much about Lori Harvey? Do you I know, know that much? I know that Steve Harvey's daughter, and she used to date Puffy's son, and then she turned around and dated Puffy, or uh, Puff, or Sean Combs, whatever his name is now. Uh, and now she dates Future, and dog. she look and she's very attractive. She is very attractive. Yes, um, dog. I just found out about the P. Diddy and P. Diddy something. Could you imagine? I think she dated the no, son no. first. Yeah, the son first, yeah. Dog, can you imagine if you was dating the chick and then your daddy stole your girl, bro? I mean, on her end, that's kind of like, that, that's kind of bossed a little bit. On her end, was she upgraded? Yeah. But like, like you would be sitting there, like imagine being at Thanksgiving, you know what I'm saying? And like you have the everybody holding hands saying grace over the collard greens and the mac and cheese. And you know, you got the the matriarch saying grace, and then you know, P. Diddy got his eyes open looking around to see who not saying grace, and he make eye contact with his son, like, Yeah, I got your bitch, dog. Like <laughs> that's so rude yeah. to me. Like, I don't know if I can handle that. As as the as me being a son, no, I couldn't. I wouldn't like. I had to skip Thanksgiving. Um, as the son, you'd skip Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but as sure. the father, you'd be just fine, huh? I mean, it, it's toxic either way. Like <laughs> on on pop's end, like like what's wrong with you, dog? Like dog, you're, seriously? You're like yo, yeah, you're, like you're like you're damn near a billionaire, and you could you could literally date anyone you wanted to. Whoever your sons. I think we had a, we had a conversation similar to this um, before we got before we started recording. Like, you, like sometimes it's okay to turn down someone like for your own integrity. Yeah, and then and like obviously he doesn't date her anymore because she dated Future. So like, Facts. All, it wasn't worth that, it, bro. Yeah, it wasn't. Um, I don't know. Do you think that they they exchange stories like they, Puff and his, and his son? Like, I mean, after the fact. No, I don't think so. Like, like, man, did she do I don't know thing I... with you too with her tongue? And he'd be like, <laughs> he'd be like, no, nah, dad, she didn't do that with me. He's like, oh, well, you ain't doing it right, son. This is you got to get your net worth up, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then I, could, like, I couldn't do it. And, and the son be like, well, at least she ain't leave me for future. She left oh. me. She le- no, she left you for me. Fuck, like, like you can't use yeah. that bar, like. You get hey, roasted. Hey, listen, yo. Like father, like son, I guess. But bruh. I don't know. This man, this man took his own son's chick, bruh. I just maybe it's just not a world that I'm meant to be a part of. Like I I don't get it. Jesus. Uh, I don't either, but you know. 
people who are in a different tax bracket, they live different lives. So Shit. who am I to say anything? Who are me to judge? Maybe if I make a couple billion, I, I'll, I'll do the same thing. If you make a couple billion, you'll take your son's chick? Maybe. Who knows? Life might be different on that side. Damn. And honestly, like, that would be like a 40-year age difference. Like, you'd be in your 60s, 70s. Relax. And then you'd be like, yo, 30-year-old, come get this work. What if, what if, what if you had a daughter? And she was, and she was a lesbian. What if I had a daughter? Yeah, or like okay. anyone. And, and then okay. like this, the dad, the, the daughter was a les- was lesbian, and uh-huh. she was dating a woman. Uh huh. And the the father still took his daughter's, the daughter's chick. Yeah, like they got conversations differently. It's no better. There's no. It's no better, bro. It's no. It's it's no better. It's it's still super shitty. Is it, no, is it more awkward or less awkward? <sighs> probably, maybe more awkward, right? I think it's more awkward. Between, it's the, more between, awkward. between the father and the daughter than the father and the son, right? Y- yeah, right? Because then it's like, you know, the daughter could have been like, oh, you know, my girlfriend's lesbian. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't know what the conversation they had. But then she's like, oh, well, she ain't that much. Oh, lesbian, because she with me now. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then you had to look at your daughter. Like, yeah, she just didn't want girls no more. She needed a whole real man, and that real man is your father. Like, that's terrifying. Uh, I couldn't do it, bro. I couldn't even just take my. I, I couldn't take my child's so. Like, I couldn't take any one of my family's significant other. I couldn't take a friend's so. Like. No, hell no like that's so out of bounds to me like there's more people out there like yo famous people they, they be doing some shit yo grimy like, like, shit bro I don't know couldn't be me what if okay now what if, what if what if what if like you know your dad came to you and is like hey son um, I know this is a really awkward situation you know but I love you and I want you to know that but your girl wants me, and I want her, you know, and I just hope that I could have your blessing. Like, you'll be okay. You got a lot of life left to live. You'll bounce back. But, you know, I they're, think I deserve happiness. They're, they're both dead to me. Yeah? They're both dead to me. Yeah, even if he tried to talk to you about it. They're both dead to me. The, thought that, that, the fact that he even thought that it would be cool to even come to me and say that, they're both dead to me. Even if he didn't even, even if they didn't actually get together, just the I fact that he's having the conversation. Yeah, he's dead to me. Yo. Facts, though. That shit would just, that shit, fuck I'd you, be like. Fuck you, dad. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you, father. You don't love me. Fuck you, man. Uh, oh, man. Oh, shit. That would be, that's a next level of toxic. Like, I might have to go to, like, the therapy over that. Big facts. I'm gonna need to sit down and talk to somebody. I I, I don't even know how. Like, I, I, I would be like in, in therapy, crying like Will Smith. Like, why you don't want me, man? <laughs> 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 oh shit! Why? Uh, why she ain't want me, man? Oh man, 
I can't even do it. How do we get on that from a future album? Uh, I don't. Basically, I don't know. basically, Lori Harvey. Lori Harvey. Oh, shout out to Lori Harvey though. She is fine though. She's not fine enough for me to fuck up my relationship with my dad though. Jesus, is she? I don't. Mm. How fine is she? Uh Nah, I don't. Uh, Harvey. Is she fine enough to ruin a relationship with my parents? No, I don't. Images. She's pretty fine. I don't think it's family ruining fine. Oh, I don't uh-huh. see headshots of her. Can I see her? Wait. Can you see her personality? I oh, know. I don't think you can see yeah, her. Per- uh, her photos. Yeah, not, not through pictures. Yeah, I don't think you can see her personality through photos. Let's see. Lori Harvey body. Future, you're funny as hell. Future did post that one picture of her um, by the pool or some shit, and I think he actually, I think he captured it saying "Life is good." Ooh, we. Ah, Jesus Christ! Yeah, I, I just caught a body pic too. Oof. Not, a, not for my family though, right? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, she been sculpted. You think sculpted? What do you mean? Like her waistline doesn't seem natural. Yes, it does to me. <laughs> <laughs> Dog, she looks. She don't look like she got no work done, bro. No, Ooh, we not according not according to these blogs that I'm looking at. They saying nigga she got work done? She's only like 23 years old, bro. Good lord. Let, let me not fall down this rabbit hole. Yeah, I know. We both just got quiet <laughs> and shit. This is probably awkward <laughs> as fuck for the listeners. <laughs> uh, okay, let's let's like, uh, Can y'all move on, please? Like, yeah, let's, let's on. <laughs> Go, going from one one uh oh. one, one woman to the next. Those are oh. God. Doja Cat and, and, and Nicki Minaj have a number one album. Number one single. Number one single, sorry. Number one single. Um, so you were telling me, because uh, honestly, I had had never heard of Doja Cat. Really? Uh, no, not that I never heard of her. I never heard of any of her music. Um, okay, so, so yeah. So basically, the story, the story goes, um, I want to say it was Two weeks ago, um, you know, she dropped the remix of Say So with Nicki Minaj. And uh, I think it was right around the same time that Beyonce and Meg Thee Stallion dropped the Savage remix, too. Um, And so naturally, everybody's in quarantine, you know, but music's getting plays, music's getting streamed. And she comes out, she goes on her Instagram live as well as like tweets and everything. And she says, um, she says, if say so hits number one, I'll show you guys my boobs real hard. And then like two days later, she retweets herself and says, these boobs ain't going to show themselves guys stream. Say so exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. And so the internet loses their damn mind streaming her song and in fact, the next week, Say So goes number one. Shout out to Doja Cat. I think that was actually Nicki Minaj's first number one song on the Billboard Top 100. 
Um, that's, that's hard to believe, but you said what? I mean, she she's had some big records. That's she has. Well, so they were, uh, but I, I think it's not the the hip hop charts. It's the Billboard Top 100 charts. Oh, okay. Uh, and so one of the things was is they were saying that Nicki Minaj actually has the longest streaks of songs, the longest streak of songs that have hit the Billboard charts, and not to have a number one, uh, not to have a number one on the Billboard. I think her numbers of songs was like a hundred and something. It was like a hundred songs. It was longer than Justin Bieber's, which was forty-seven songs. All that being said. Say So remix hits number one, and after the fact, Doja Cat comes on her Instagram live, posts on her Instagram, posts on Twitter, and addresses the fans, and basically tells them all, um, y'all are some goofies, I'm not finna show y'all my titties, but thanks for the streams, I'm ruthless, if I say I'm gonna show y'all my, I'm gonna just read her quote. She says, um, she says, I'm nasty with it. I'm extra nasty with it with the side of scam scam. I'm on my pirate shit right now, man. I'm fucking ruthless. If I say I'm going to show boobs, just know I'm not going to show boobs. And I'm okay with you guys thinking from now on that when I try to use that trick, which I won't. If I do, just know, motherfucker, I am not being serious. It's a lie. You know, what are you going to do? So she basically finessed everybody. Off the thirst of them trying to see her boobies. And she got her number one Billboard single. So how do you feel about this, Dunde? What are, you, what are your thoughts? I mean, fuck it. Why not? Like, I think use whatever tricks or whatever to use. I'm not saying she's a trick. Use whatever, <laughs> <laughs> use whatever like, means you can to try to, you know, trick the game in, or to trick the industry into giving you all, all that you can or increasing your like your sales because like how's that any different from like selling albums in a, in a bundle like if, if people yeah. are going to be or how's that different from like releasing a video where you're like you know damn near wearing nothing and then that pushing your album to number one so i mean if dudes or even women are you know horny oh, enough to, yeah to say oh i wanted to see i want to see her titties then then whatever, it's on them. I low-key think it's kind of, well, not low-key funny. It's high-key funny as hell, right? Like, just to play on the thirst of everybody. Like, how crazy is it that all you have to do is be like, I'll show y'all my titties. And then everybody, like, starts streaming. I was seeing stuff on Twitter of, like, people having, like, five, six devices, like, sitting, all streaming the song uh, in their crib, just, like, over and over on repeat, like, that shit was so funny to me, um, trying to see Doja Cat's boobies. And then she was just like, nah, fam. Like, y'all are goofy as hell. Um, do you think somebody's going to try to, like, hack her and then, like, release photos? I mean, hopefully she doesn't have any photos. You I mean, I think doesn't it, have, You think she doesn't have any titty photos in her I in said her hopefully, she, hopefully she doesn't. But if she does, I think that would be really fucked up if somebody does that to her. I mean, um, but it's been hap- it's it's happened like a lot, you know what I'm saying? Like didn't that happen oh, to like, yeah, Jennifer it, Hudgens or whatever? It happened, like it happens, and Jennifer it Lawrence and people. shit. Yeah. Jessica Hudgens. People, but, um uh, that'd, be, that'd be shitty. Yeah. Do you think that this is like do you think this is like 
like something that we could see a lot of uh, with like the younger generations and how they interact with the internet because you know I think a lot of this shit is just a game to them. A lot of the internet is just like it's they grew up with it so hard that they're just like oh like I can just tweet this real quick and people are so stupid like they're gonna go for it and I'm about to cash out on their stupid ass like um because I don't uh, think I, mean, it, I guess it just depends on who you are. Like okay. if, um, if somebody's like like Lori Harvey were to come out with an album, and mm-hmm. she, she just says, you know, I'll I'll show you my titties if you give it number one. I mean, you know, you. I might stream it. I might stream it a couple of times. I put know. it on repeat. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, I I I turn the volume down, stream it, and you know, go about my day. Big facts. They're just playing the background, like elevator music. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, I don't know. It's just, like, it's just funny to me because, like, she was just, it seems so interesting just to be, like, just a big middle finger to, like, everyone on the internet. But truthfully, I don't feel like it actually um, made her lose any fans or people are over there, like, acting some type of way, like, fuck, fuck Doja Cat, man. I'm never going to listen to her music again. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't think, I don't think anybody's actually outraged that much because you, because then you just look like a goofy being salty like that she didn't show you her titties like what do you look like a goofball yeah i went to see her titties and i streamed it i just wanted to see her titties. now you look like a whole weenie bro yeah can you imagine tweeting that? times can you imagine tweeting that like oh my god i streamed your song so much doja cat like <laughs> i just really wanted to see your titties like bro go sit you down log, log on to, to, to pornhub and get the fuck off the internet well get, get the off get off of twitter <laughs> Twitter's Twitter's kind of like a little pornscape too now though. Listen, yo. Twitter gets, shit, Twitter gets crazy. Shit. Listen. Alright. Um, oh shit. Oh god. <laughs> oh fuck. Say it. No, you gotta say it now, bro. Alright, so alright. This is this is a safe space. It's a safe space. Just you're just talking to me. It's only me. No one else is listening. Alright. So this is like <laughs> two days ago, right? And I'm okay. And I'm uh I'm in bed, I'm I'm scrolling I'm scrolling uh through Twitter <laughs> and I come across this 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 tweet of, of two pictures and they're they're both of uh Helen Mirren. Helen and, Mirren? Like yeah, the yeah. famous actress? Yeah, the older actress, like she's like seven. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like she's like laying in the tub, like topless. And I didn't immediately keep scrolling. <laughs> <laughs> like low key, <laughs> like low key. <laughs> she was bad for a seventy year. For a seventy year white woman, yo. She's she's alright, yo. She's decent, yo. You're stupid, like. <laughs> I'm like, huh? All right, Helen. You, you. Helen's yeah. just kind of sitting, all right. They're kind of sitting though. Yo, bro, <laughs> and she's so talented. Can I just can I just put that out there? I oh, think yeah. that she's a phenomenal great. talent, an amazing actress, great personality. Um, but hey, if she got great titties too, why the fuck not? Why not? Why not? It's, it's, she had a look in her eyes, like a little sultry look, but she was looking yeah. at the camera. I was like, oh, yeah. okay, I can see it. I'm not. I'm not telling you to send me that tweet. But also, I'm not telling you not to. You know, if you know, you know what I'm saying, right? 
Yeah, I, it's I, just I was, it's the safe space. It's just I was us. gonna I was gonna favorite it, but Twitter is a lot. Yeah, it's on you. It snitches on you. Like so and so favorited this picture or this tweet. I'm like, I don't need I don't need that action on Twitter. I don't need that smoke right now on Twitter. Like honestly, it gets the thing that gets me with Twitter though, and this is like the rough part is when I'm just swiping through my timeline and somebody else that I follow re- reposts some crazy shit. Like yeah. they be. A lot of people love reposting Tiana Trump. Oh, man. Woof. Yeah. Tiana, yo. I don't know what to say about her. It makes it so I don't want to open up Twitter at work. You know what I'm saying? But, like, people love reposting Tiana Trump. And I'm not saying that I'm, like, upset that they repost her. But also it makes me not want to open up Twitter at work. You know what I'm saying? Like... Oh, yeah, for sure. And I have, like, coworkers that, like, follow me on Twitter now. And it's like, oof, let me not like too much of this shit. Because don't you, when you like something, sometimes it shows up on other people's timelines, too? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, and nah, I ain't going to get caught up on Twitter, B. Low-key, Snapchat is like that, too, though. I haven't been on Snapchat in a minute. I started watching, like, I only watch, like, uh, the, the Young Homie story. Events. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't be. I honestly don't be on Snapchat like hardly ever. Um, there's like a few people that'll Snapchat me occasionally, but like I really don't be on Snapchat. But for some reason, like it just be a whole bunch of people trying to promote their OnlyFans pages. Yeah. Would you ever get a hey. Would you ever get an OnlyFans today? Hmm. I mean, what what would my OnlyFans be about? Like me, me repotting, repotting plants and playing Call of Duty. I mean, there's a lane for everybody, honestly, dog. Yeah, I would sell my yeah. socks. I would sell socks or sell underwear or something. I would do that. Uh, would you? Is that weird? So, all right, dog. Um, let's move on to a. Waxing hypotheticals of sort, right? We, we've talked about this offline, but I think it, uh, it'd be cool to kind of talk about it in a little more depth, right? So recently there's been videos surfacing of Iron Mike Tyson training at 53 years old and saying that he is returning to boxing. Uh, I have like a 20... Something second clip here right now. I'm going to just play it for you right quick. Oh. I'm back. Oh, my man said I'm back. Woo. Jesus. Um, Should he return? Should he return to boxing? That's the question, bro. Simple as that. Should he return to boxing? I think I don't have a problem with him returning if he picks his opponent carefully. Um, I know that I don't know. I don't know if, if Holyfield was trying to troll or not, but if he's fighting Holyfield, then sure. Fight Holyfield. Like I think that he was, was in his same age group, like, right? Yeah, I think that would have, that would have like a really big um, draw. 
but like him fighting like a 25 year old eh, i don't know i i i'm just worried of older fighters stepping back into the ring especially at his age and knowing like how what the the toll that boxing has on the brain and seeing somebody like like ali and seeing how he ended up i would hate you know to see you know tyson like that you know in in 20 years yeah, I mean, I think that that's the first reaction, right? Is this like, man, you know, dang, like, you know, is, you know, he could get really hurt kind of thing, right? But, you know, the other part of it is, um, could he even do it, right? Like, could he actually have a legitimate fight with someone who's, you know, in their prime now? And would it be worthwhile, right? So my instant thought was, you know, Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson's coming back. He's going to be a heavyweight. Mike Tyson is 5'11", okay? You know, he was fighting guys that were, you know, what, at most 6'3", 6'4"? Right? Mm-hmm. Like, like I don't I think, think... I think... I think Lennox Lewis was a little taller than that, but yeah, for the most part, yeah. For the most part, though, these guys were you know, somewhere in that range, six three something. So, you know, he was giving up, you know, who was he fighting? Like was six, it Donnie five. Donnie Lofton, I think he fought was and he gave up like s- seven inches and in, and in, in reach to the guy. But he he was so goddamn strong. Like he was crushing people. Crushing people. And even like watching that video, it's like dude looks like he's horrifyingly strong. But I'm thinking about like some of the heavyweight fighters that are fighting now, you know what is it? The Deontay Wilders, the the Furies, the what is it? Uh, Anthony Joshua is the other guy, right? Yeah. Like like those dudes are like six seven, six nine, you know what I'm saying? Like heavyweight fighters, would that even be a fair fight? You know what I'm saying? Like, like because they're strong as shit too, bro. They're strong as shit. It's not the size of them. It's no, not the, the size not, of the not, dog and the, fight, it's the size of the fight and the dog. Not that one. The, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. I mean, yeah, I feel that. But like, as a short, shorter dude, like I am all about like, yeah, I don't give a fuck how big you are. Like I'm about it. But at the same time, like as a professional fighter who's in their fifties, Jesus, yeah. like, could you I mean, like? You can see him walk into the ring with a 6'9 dude who's just as big as he is, if not bigger, and be like, yeah, yeah, this is a good idea. Because I don't imagine him – I don't imagine him doing a fight that's not that's not big ticket. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't imagine him doing something where he's like, oh, let me just go fight this no-name, insignificant-ass heavyweight boxer – and think that this is going to be a good draw to make me some money. Um, I agree with you, though. I think that him fighting somebody like an Evander Holyfield, maybe like for charity or something, could be an interesting draw, especially while we're in a time of just limited sports entertainment. Um, I would definitely, you know, pay, oh, I'd pay maybe 30 bucks, maybe 30 bucks. I pay. I pay. Depending on who he's fighting, if he's fighting like a a Wilder, I I pay hundred. Oh, for sure. What? Like if he's paying like a current contender, 
like fighting a current contender. Like I'm, because not. I'm having I mean, a little fight party. That, that video clip you played, he does look good as shit though. He looks terrifyingly good. good. Terrifyingly good. And like, the, like I was the, watching the. He had like the pads on his ribs, and he's hitting the trainer, and I'm like. Yeah. At the end, the trainer kind of walks off. You can tell like he wants to hold it together for the camera, and he's like, "Oh, oh yeah, my ribs hurt." Duh, could you imagine being that guy? Can you imagine being the like Mike Tyson's trainer? Like you're holding the hand pads, he's punching the hand pads, and you're he's punching the body pads and stuff. Like you know he's missed a couple times, and you've got chin checked. Like that will put me to sleep. Like legit, I'd take a nap right after. Like I'm okay. Sorry, Mike, you just killed me, bro. Like I'll see you tomorrow, G. Like that's not a like that's not a job that I would want to have. Like that's like walking into a tiger's cage. Crazy man. Crazy. So I mean, so in all, like you think he should do it? You think he should fight somebody? Um, I don't think he. For my entertainment purposes, yes, I would want his teams to take it to But like. If I was like, if I was his friend or his family member, I would be like, yo, it's good that you're getting back into shape. Because I don't know if you saw the before and after picture. Actually, we should make that our um, the episode picture. Yeah, the before and after picture of Tyson, how he looks now versus how he looked like like last year or two years ago. Maybe and like maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll do that picture for the trailer. Because I definitely think one of the pictures should be us looking, uh, like the poetry bros as fuck, like. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is the poetry episode, my G. But but yeah, I think it's it's good for him to get back in shape. You know, you're in your fifties. You want to like you know prove you still have it. But it's one thing, you know, sparring and training. It's another thing getting back into you know the ring where people actually hit you back. Yeah. So interestingly enough, I was watching the Joe Rogan podcast. You know, and he's really big on like a lot of the fight stuff and the health of behind all of that with and you know I think even him himself he himself does a lot of supplements and hormones and things like that as an older man because I think they're about the same age and he was saying that you know if he was taking like testosterone and um the thing that keeps coming to the tip of my tongue is like HGH or like different more naturally occurring supplements that might not necessarily be banned like they're not steroids type stuff you know what i'm saying uh-huh. um that he could actually be an older man with a body that is functioning almost like someone in their prime such that uh you know he could legitimately stand a chance and at fighting at a very high level especially with his skill you know i think that's one thing that's underrated is his skill as a boxer like Tyson could get in the ring and actually give somebody the business. Would it be sustainable for a five, ten year stretch? Highly doubtful. Yeah. But I can, see, I can see one or two fights. I guess my whole thing is like, why? You know what I'm saying? Like, is it a money grab? Is it like he's bored? Um, you know what the fuck, Mike Tyson? He wants to prove he still has it. Um, still has it, but okay, but aren't you um? Aren't you starting to uh, get into that, you know, Michael Jordan on the on the Wizards territory? Like, yeah, you got it, and you might have like a, 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 
you know, a, a blip of greatness, but truthfully, it's like, yeah, you could, uh, you can hang it up, my G. Yeah, that's true. And also, he like, I think when was his last fight? His last. I fight. gotta tell you. Yeah. No, no, go for it. Go for it. Two thousand five. Two thousand five, five, fifteen years ago. That's a long time. But okay, so check this out though, because his quote. Uh, his quote that he said that I think that if I had to fight Mike Tyson would terrify me. He said, uh, I feel unstoppable now. The gods of war have reawakened me. They've ignited my ego and they want me to go to war again. Like, that's fucking terrifying. Like, Mike Tyson is fucking terrifying. I mean, have you seen the video where he's like talking to I think, a reporter? And I'm not going to use the exact words because they're slurs in this today's age but he's like you know you effing whatever he's like you know I'd, I'd, I'd fuck you make you love me he said that to a woman no to a man he said he'd fuck the man and make him love me yeah, he's like he's like you're not from my world and he's like you know you're uh, effing whatever and oh, oh. Like, hey, that like, he would eff him like, and make like, him love like, him you're not, he's like, you're not a real man you're like me I'm a real man like, I'll fuck you, make you love me. Jesus. I'll send and you the clip um, off air. Oh, my I gosh. definitely can't play this on the show. No, 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 no. Nor would we want to, because this is an inclusive and family-friendly show for all to observe. Um, but, no, honestly, I would pay for Tyson to fight again if he's, like, you know, doing it in a healthy, safe way. Does that make us fucked up to want to see him fight again in his 50s? Does that make us fucked up? I don't think so. No. That shit would, that shit would be dope, bro. That shit would be dope as fuck. Especially if he won, too. Woo! Woo! Shock the world. Um, But yeah, that dude is crazy. Do you watch uh Mike Tyson Mystery Team? That show? No. Uh-uh. It's actually really fucking funny. It's on Adult Swim. Um, You should try it out. Damn, that could be a motherfucking uh, AVM. Not today, though. Um, okay, so let's um, let's get to this young uh, let's get to this young uh, teach me something segment. Are you ready, dog? Yep. You know, um, so little context, a little backdrop. Um, during quarantine, everybody is you know doing activities, finding themselves, doing different activities, so forth, feeling all creative, and I've been taking. A poetry class. Did you know that? Did I tell you I was taking a poetry class? Well, we you know. To, we to the listeners. I mean, the listeners can't respond. To you. <laughs> I, I mean, I know. I told you like yesterday, I guess, maybe. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I'm taking a poetry class. And so I think that it'd be a good idea to do like a little um, poetry workshop of sorts and we're going to share our poems based on the things that were from like a couple weeks ago like the first week of this class right and so let us set the stage right because you know for those that aren't as familiar with poetry or poems and things like that you know you have different forms of writing right and so you know you have prose and then you have let's say poems which are more rhythmic um types of writing and so more specifically, what is prose, right? Prose, um, formally defined, is a form of language that has no metrical structure. 
It applies a natural flow of speech and order, ordinary grammatical structure rather than rhythmic structure, such as in the case of poetry. All right, so your examples would be like novels or, you know, newspaper articles, you know, typically any sort of reading that we do by and large. Now, obviously, there are different types of poems, right? You have rhymed poems, blank verse, free verse, epics, haikus, what I know, which I know you're a fan of, <laughs> uh, sonnets, and so on and so forth. And really, all these things are for is just organizing sort of the sound and the structure and the sense of what it is you're writing versus prose, which is just really more a grammatical structure. Um, so... And the some of the main sort of ways that you accomplish this are through the line and the stanza. Right. And so in prose, you would think of each line as maybe a sentence. You know, it's the subject and a predicate. And, you know, you kind of have that as a line or on a page. You can think of it like a page. Whereas in a poem, each line doesn't ha necessarily have to be a sentence. But it's the end of something with some sort of effect, whether it's a punctuation, whether it's a rhyming word, whether it's uh, some other word that is used to elicit some feeling, emotion, thought as it goes into the next line. Stanzas would be most accurately compared to a paragraph, right? It's a block of lines that are used to help organize the structure or meaning in some way uh, most people might be familiar with different groupings like a couplet which means like you have two lines and then you have like a big space you could have three lines which would be a tercet uh, four lines five lines six lines six lines is a sextet right uh, and so these are groupings of poetic lines that are used to add different meaning, different context, different structure to the poem and illustrate, you know, the feeling that the artist is trying to convey. So background, let's let's get some interaction here. What's your experience with poetry up to this in your life, Tunde? Were you a hopeless romantic, my G? What's up? I, I think we, we talked about this. Uh, I did used to write poetry in uh in middle and early high school, well, mostly middle school. And it was usually to whatever, you know, girl I had a crush on at the time. I would write her poetry and then uh, didn't really work out in my favor. Why uh, know? Like, like they didn't like the poems? They, they liked the poems, but then, you know, they just didn't like me. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, that was like my first experience with poetry because, um, you know, as when I kind of showed interest in poetry, my mom like bought me like this, like this book. I don't know what, it's, what those books are called. It's not a thesaurus, but like a book of just words that rhyme, and like I would use that and then like memorize different words instead of instead of using it to become like a rapper like my like my brother did. Like I I use write poetry. Oh shit! I didn't know your brother was a rapper, yo. Yeah, he, he rapped for a long time, and then he also like like in the, uh, managed some 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 acts as well. Oh damn, dope. Well, that's funny though because actually my uh, 
poetry experience is like the exact same. Like I can remember middle school, early high school, like like writing poems and like trying to like leave them in girls' lockers and shit, trying to be all romantic. That shit was so corny. I guess it was cute, maybe, but it never it never did nothing. Like maybe I wonder. Like, do you think the girls that you wrote the poems for still have your poems? Do you think so? No, probably not. No, no, you don't think so? Maybe, dude. Maybe. Maybe. Like I used to I used to like really like write poems and like letters and shit. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking, bro. Like was that shit cute? Is that shit cute? I don't know. Um but uh you know, it was it was fun. I, I used to also write like a lot of like stories and books as a kid and I, I think that was part of the motivation to uh you know doing this class and getting back into all the poetry stuff nowadays yeah uh, and so let us go over a poem that kind of illustrates some of the concepts it's actually it's a pretty famous poem by Gwendolyn Brooks uh, from the 1960s called We Real Cool. And the the idea is to kind of illustrate some of the lines and the stanzas and just the different poetic language that can be used. So, okay, Gwendolyn, Gwendolyn Brooks, We Real Cool. The Pool Players, Seven at the Golden Shovel. We Real Cool, We left school we lurk late we strike straight we sing sin we thin gin we jazz june we die soon Gwendolyn Brooks if we say we say the name if we say the name in the in the uh, the, uh, the piece again at the end Oh, listen, you're not about to have... Oh, chill, fam, chill. Chill. <laughs> what I say? We real cool by Gwendolyn Brooks. We real cool by Gwendolyn Brooks. The pool players at the Golden Shuffle. <laughs> God damn it, dude. That's a serious fucking poem. And you got this shit. My bad, my bad, my bad. My oh, man. my God. Uh, uh, Bruh. That's take good. you. I can't take you fucking nowhere, dude. Uh, one thing, one thing. Uh, okay, so this is like a really cool poem, but you can talk about a ton of shit, right? I think uh, one of the one of the things that's illustrated by this though is this concept of enjambment, where if you noticed in the poem, it's like you have this this we real cool we, and then it kind of just hangs for a second. At that point, you have a line break. And then the next grammatical sentence continues onto a next line or a different line. And so enjambment is this idea that, you know, your words stretch over or between lines, but it continues grammatically in a separate part of the poem. So you have different line breaks, but then also you have stanza breaks that are also enjammed, which kind of creates this flow throughout the entire poem until you get to the end where it's like the die soon, where your ear is expecting to hear something else after it, but then it's almost like a casket shuts, and it's just like very abrupt and a rough ending. Yeah. Um, and it was, it's like a really cool effect. 
Uh, maybe I'll post the video of her actually reading the poem herself. She does it way better than I do. Are we going to post our, our poems on, on IG as well? Do you want us to post our poems on IG? We can. Oh, are we going to have a poem con contest? Poetry contest? Like Poetry Corner? Poetry Corner? We just like have people snapping. Dog, let's go on Instagram Live and read our poems and see and get feedback from people. <laughs> That's going to be no, nah, we about to get it's about to be a, a motherfucking open mic night on Instagram live. All right. Um we doing back and forth. Okay, so let, let's set it up. Let's set it up here. All right. So part of the whole thing, obviously, it's a course. And so the idea is to then come up with your own poems in some way, shape, or form. And so this is actually something that anybody can do listening now. They can do it with us. Um, the first exercise is something called the found poem, where you can make a brand new poem in just a couple minutes. Basically, your task is to take an excerpt of prose. So you can take a paragraph from a favorite book, a newspaper article, you name it. And then as I put on here, quote unquote, poemize it. So you're basically going to give it line breaks, stanza breaks which essentially gives it a rhythm, a flow, uh, a structure, and maybe a different meaning um, than the original author had written it. Uh, and then that will be your first poem. The second prompt that we're going to do is we have a block of poetry that is a famous poem, but we remove all the capital letters, some of the punctuation, uh, any line breaks, stanza breaks, and breaks, and just throw it on there, and then you go back through and add your own line breaks, your own stanza breaks, and come up with a poem from that. So, Tunde and I both took the liberty of doing this for you all today, and so we're about to get all deep and philosophical with y'all and read our poem. So, which one do you want to go first, Tunde? You want to go first? All right. So I'm. Yeah, so we're going to each do our found poem, right? Yeah, we're going to do our found poem first. So let us know where where you got your prose from, and then uh, go for the poem. All right. Um, so I just picked the first book I found on the top of my shelf. Uh, <laughs> it's this uh, autobiography of Dick Gregory. It's called Nigger. The name of the book. <laughs> That's the first book you found. On <laughs> my top shelf, my bookshelf. Oh, All right. So if you don't know who Dick Gregory is, he's a it was a famous comedian, black comedian. Uh, book. I think I read it like three or four times. It's really, really good. Uh, so he tells this basically he's talking about a story uh, when he went down south. So this is it right here. Um, last time I was down south. I walked into this restaurant and this white waitress came up to me and said, we don't serve colored people here. I said, that's all right. I don't eat colored people. Bring me a whole fried chicken. <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> That's so good. Uh, That's so good. 
And that was yeah. super easy to do, right? That took you like yeah, no time sure. at all. Super cool. You're a whole poet. You said what? So dope. Okay. For my poem, uh, I, w- I actually just grabbed a book that was sitting here on my desk. Um, I grabbed Slaughterhouse-Five by Kurt Vonnegut. Have you read this book? No, I haven't. Okay. It's, it's, it's like a, one of the classics or whatever. It's basically this story about the bombing of Dresden. Um, it's, it's a dark comedy about like a bunch of stuff but really good book really popular book i'm a big fan of it and so here is my found poem okay dresden was destroyed on the night of february 13th 1945 billy pilgrim began we came out of our shelter the next day he told montana and about the four guards who in their astonishment and grief resembled a barbershop quartet He told her about the stockyards with all the fence posts gone, with roofs and windows gone. Told her about seeing little logs lying around. There were people who had been caught in the firestorm. So it goes. Hmm. That was good. Um, It sounded like a poem for real, didn't it? It's the bombing of uh, of Dresden? Yeah. Maybe, maybe, what's Dresden? Oh shit! You just put me on the spot, dog. Oh, my bad. Didn't mean to. No, it was um, I want to say it was World War One. Uh, let me see. It, it was the British American attack on the city of Dresden. It was oh, it was World War Two. Sorry, it was during World War Two. Uh, it was, it was this bombing that the U.S. and uh, British forces did that just had like I want to say just horrific amounts of deaths in a very small proximity um, and so the author who wrote the book I think was actually either like present or something for that um, bombing yeah. and it, it it was just very regarded as such a very brutal sort of attack and you know the book is actually a, a lot about the commentary of the uh, I don't want to say excessiveness but the violence of it all but then just drastically kind of minimizes it throughout the book and death in, in general by just kind of saying up oh, so it goes like that's life you know so it goes that's death so it goes right and so yeah. anytime someone dies throughout the book or anything dies throughout the book in any way it's all described the same way, just you know, so it goes. Um, it's very well done, very well written, um, and it's uh, yeah, it's like a, it's like one of those books that's like a you know how they'll do movies that are like commentaries on war, but they kind of do them in a very unique, constructive way. Like this is one of those books that's definitely like that. So, cool, 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 cool. All right, now let's do our. Our second poems here, um, and even just I didn't look at your poem, and you haven't seen mine, but I think we have very different interpretations of the same thing. So uh, I'll go first this time. Yep. Sound good? Yeah, yeah, great. All right. So I actually don't even know the name of the actual poem, but we just have a bunch of words, so let's just go for it. 
tomorrow and tomorrow. And tomorrow creeps in this pretty this petty pace from day to day to the last syllable of recorded time. And all of our yesterdays have lighted fools the way to dusty death. Out, out, brief candle. Life's but a walking shadow, a poor player that struts and frets in his hour upon the stage. And then is heard no more. It is a tale told by an idiot, full of sound and fury, signifying nothing. Hmm. Interesting. I wonder how your interpretation is going to be different. similar i think i think the uh, the biggest difference though is like our pacing you know what i'm saying like so i can actually see the lines and everything that you wrote yeah um and so like you you have much shorter lines uh and things like that um whereas i have a lot longer lines and separate stanzas broken up um do you want me to read the full thing i have it okay great. Uh, Oh, Doug, do you this is a Shakespeare poem from Macbeth. We should know, I've read Macbeth. We should know this, right? Maybe. It's a speech called Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. We'll talk about that on a different day. You said you have thoughts about Shakespeare? Oh god. He stole all his stuff from black people? Is that what you said? No, no, I'm not going to say that. No. We we'll talk about it on a different day. Oh god. Somebody write an email into the podcast and tell Tune Day to tell us how he feels about about Shakespeare. I'm here for it. Okay, I'll, I'll read the actual Shakespeare poem. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, it's one stanza, so that's it's an interesting thing too. So here we go. Tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow creeps in this pretty pace from day to day, to the last syllable of recorded time. And all our yesterdays have lighted fools. The way to dusty death. Out, out, brief candle. Life's but walking shadow, a poor player. That struts and frets his hour upon the stage. And then is heard no more. It is a tale told by an idiot. Full of sound and fury. Signifying nothing. Interesting. I like mine better than Shakespeare. I think I'm better than Shakespeare, bro. Low key. Step it up, Shakespeare. Uh, I used to know this Best. dude named Shakespeare when I was in grad school. In real life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A black dude uh, named Shakespeare? Yeah. He could hoop, too. Everybody just called him Shakespeare. Yeah? Yeah. We just called him Shakespeare. That's, Shake. actually, kinda That's yeah. actually kinda hard. 
He can hoop too. He's like a he's a really tough point guard. Yeah, like he could give you buckets. Uh, yeah, he he could, he could definitely shoot that thing. You know, he could shoot. Mm-hmm. He could shoot better than me. Um, I would say so. I would say so. You, you a hater, bro? I mean, if he shoot better than me, then I would say he shoot better than you. So by transferative properties, I would say he could shoot better than you. Okay, wait, wait, wait. You said I shoot better than you. No, I said if I can shoot better than you, and he can shoot better oh, than me. Oh, no, 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 no. Fake news, fake news, fake news, fake news, fake news. Fake news. Anyway, dog, that's how we end a poetry segment, bruh. Talking about basketball. My bad, my bad. We supposed to be sophisticated, bruh. We was, <laughs> we was trying to be sophisticated. One day. One day. Uh, so, yeah. so, that's our... Sorry, go for it. Go for it. And this has been our poetry segment by our expert Darius Lovell. <laughs> Maybe next week we'll have we'll, we'll have Nina on. And oh my gosh! <laughs> gosh, I am the brother in the night. Oh my god, bro! Get off my. Get, did, did that tell you that when I ran from uh, Mister UMES, um, I did the pageant. And for my talent, I did uh, Nina, Nina's poem at the end. Um, did you really? Yeah. How'd that go? Did you win? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I was yeah, I was missing UMES, yeah. Oh, you won, Mister UMES. Yeah. Oh, congratulations, Mister Junior. Mister Junior? Junior. Yeah, we have like Mister and Misses of each class. So uh huh. They have the Imperial Court. So we have Mr. Junior, I mean, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, and then Mr. of the whole school. So 10 people on the court, on Imperial Court. Then you have your Royal Court, which is like Mr. and Miss of each club, like Mr. and Miss Omega Sci Fi. Uh, sure, sure, sure. Mr. Miss Caribbean Club, whatever. Yeah. And then we have like a huge coronation. And in the coronation, we had to like, everyone like had to give us, each club had to give me and the, the Miss UMS a gift. Oh, shit. So I told everyone, just give me a Best Buy gift card. You're lying, for and real? I, and, I, and I basically converted all my gift cards into one um, huge amount and got a system in my car. Uh, 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 not The car, car you have now? That same no, no, car no, no, you have no, no, now? No, no, oh, okay. No. I got, like, speakers, new CD player, and all that. Damn. I guess that was, like, what, 20 years ago? So, yeah, I guess it was. Not 20 years ago. I'm just playing. <laughs> I'm just playing. It was, it was 17 years ago. <laughs> That's that's dope though. Like, um, so uh I was so at Illinois, they didn't have like they had like the homecoming court or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But they didn't vote for like a king and queen or anything like that. So like I was on the homecoming court and like did all that. So we did like the parade and all that other stuff like that. And, you know, we, like, we had to, like, dance on the fucking football field and shit. Like, shit was corny as hell. Um, but I didn't have to get no gifts and shit. It but was kind of dope. Like, HBCU thing, because, like, for, Maybe. Not, not, I think not every school has, like, the mister, but every yeah. school has a, a miss. And so, like, then when you win your school's pageant, you have to go and compete against all the other HBCUs. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I guess at Illinois, it's like 40,000 fucking students, too. Like, ain't nobody trying to sit there and vote for shim shit like that. It was wild for our coronation. Like, oh, I don't doubt it. Horse and carriage that came into, like, the actual building. And at the end, like, we, we, like, we, like, rode off and had fireworks and all that. 
Shit's wild. Sheesh. Dope, dope shit. So, all right, everybody. Thank you. Thank you for joining. You said what? You get a chance. I'll show you. Off the air, I'll show you pictures. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to make that some uh, episode covers and shit. Um, so, all right, everybody. Thank you. This has been our poet. This is, oh, sorry. Hold on. Let me put my poetry voice on. Thank you, everybody. This has been our poetry segment. Um, <laughs> this is your boy, John Bowie, bringing the love to the podcast. A little bit of poetry goes a long way. So uh, we'll see you again next week or at least after we do the AVM segment. So thank you. <laughs> All right, let's rock with the AVM, dog. Let's rock with the AVM. Um, should I go first this week? Uh, yeah, sure. Go ahead. All right, let's rock. So. Uh, all right, everybody. So for our audio, visual, and mental recommendations for the week, uh, I will start with my audio. Um, I got a, I got a remix. It's a, it's a remix. It's called Will, the Will Remix by Joyner Lucas, featuring Will Smith. Uh, Will Smith is in his bag, dog. Had crazy bars. Did you? I sent it to you. Did you listen to it? Uh, I I have heard. I didn't hear the whole thing, but I heard Will Smith's verse. Uh, verse. Will Smith, Will Smith was spitting. I feel like he's just kept his bars locked away for like ten years, and for he came back straight fire, huh? For a fifty-year-old, I would say he had he had definitely has bars. He was snapping, bro. He like snaps like you know, he 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 doesn't try to do. He doesn't get outside of himself. Like he keeps it true to who he is, and that's what mm-hmm. I like about it. Yeah, like it, it was it was Big Willie style and, you know, Miami, all that shit rolled into one. And there's a 50 year old and he snapped. He snapped on it. So Will Remix, Joyner Lucas featuring Will Smith. That shit was dope. Um, for the video, um, this was recommended to me earlier this week. And then when I watched the first episode, I binged the entire season in a day and a half. It's called the show is called Upload. Uh, it's an Amazon original that you can watch on Amazon Prime. And so the premise of this show is it, it kind of is like remnant of like some of these um, Black Mirror or other shows or, or Altered Carbon. I think is the other one we were talking about. Yeah, Altered Carbon, where uh, you know someone's consciousness gets uploaded or into like a heaven type thing, and you know, it it quickly becomes like a murder mystery type thing where you're trying to figure out like, oh, how did he die and what's going on? Uh, it's it's really good. Damn, I'm really not doing a good job selling this right now. But you know what? It's a good ass show. Just try it out. Try it out. Try it out. It's all good. I'm trying to uh, I upload. I love shows like that. Like the alter. Right. It's actually really good. Like it's only one season too. It's only one season too, so um, you can get through it real quick. Ten episodes. Fire, fire show. All right. And then for my mental, uh, it's this book that I'm just about to finish. I have maybe an hour left, uh, the audio book. It's called Influence, The Psychology of Persuasion. And so this is a, a book that, you know, has quickly became, uh, is going to get added to my, you know, books to reread every year list. Uh, I've found that I just really love books talking about psychology and just kind of understanding the brain, understanding the mind, how people think, why people do what they do. 
excuse me, and ultimately this book really kind of goes into depth into like how people kind of get influenced into decisions and how you have the good side of it, you know, where it's like helping people or, you know, pushing society forward and also how these are manipulated in a lot of different situations. Um, you know, we were talking about, um, you know, a lot of, like, I think one of the most recent episodes you were talking about, um, what, one of the cults or something like that. Was it the, the Waco, the, Wake up, the yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, it'll in this book, it kind of talks about the psychology behind how you know a lot of people want to talk about the leader and like, oh, they're super charismatic and really convincing, but there's a lot of also really interesting social, social psych, psychological pressures, such as like, you know, this idea of social proof, such that if you see everyone else doing the same thing, then you innately think that that's the appropriate behavior. And so it's like, oh, everyone else is like letting David sleep with my wife and he's making all the babies. So this must be, you know, accurate kind of thing. And mind you, I'm doing a very 10,000 foot view of this and simplifying it in, in the dumbest way. But this book gives really clear cut examples, talks about a lot of different things that we've all witnessed in our life. Um, and when it's articulated to you, you're just like, damn, that shit makes so much sense. And another thing that you might be interested in, Tunde, is there's a chapter kind of dedicated to the psychology behind, you know, how fraternities and sororities, um, how the loyalty and the, the strength of them kind of comes to fruition. Uh, and it makes complete sense. And having been in a fraternity yourself, like we're in fraternity, blah, 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 like you'll listen to the chapter and you'll be like, damn, that makes so much sense. And the way people are going about trying to change things and readdress things is completely wrong um, because it's completely contrary to how people work as animals, right? And so uh, the book is called Influence the Psychology of Persuasion. Um, I give it five out of five stars, especially if you like psychology shit. Which we know so. you do. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. All right. So this week, um, for my audio, today as we're recording, it is the it is the 18th. So this past Friday was the 15th. Shout out. Also, 15th was shout out to my dog, Guinness. It was his first birthday. Shout out to Guinness. Sweet baby Guinness on Instagram. A beginners. Um, also, Friday was the 11th anniversary of the release of Gucci Mane's uh, The Writing on the Wall um, mixtape with DJ Holiday. And if, you, if you've never heard this album, um, I think that you should go back and listen to it. And I want to say this album kind of stamped Gucci as one of like the 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 best hood or trap rap artists like out there. It, it kind of like pushed him above like other artists at the other time. So are are you saying this is an album or is it a mixtape? It's when it dropped it was a mixtape. Okay, um, that's what I mixtape, thought. Okay. But uh it it's on I don't know if it's on Spotify, but it's definitely on iTunes. It's on iTunes now? Okay, nice. Yeah, yeah. 
It's got titty boy on there too, don't it? You said what? It's got titty boy on there too. This is pre two. This is pre two chains. It, it got it got uh, Nicki Minaj on there too. Shh, listen, yo, this is Nicki Minaj um, before she got with Cash Money. Like this when is Nicki when Minaj she could rap. Yeah, like she could yeah. rap, rap. She had the song called "Girls Kissing Girls." Yeah, I remember that joint. Uh, and that one with the with Player Circle, Pussy Rehab. Listen. Oh, crazy, crazy. But the standout track, in my opinion, I think I posted on my uh, on my IG story. It's called First Day Out." Oh. Uh. I think like, that was like a Gucci staple, wasn't it? Like, like if I like, it made me want to like. Go to jail so you could get get out. <laughs> Maybe one of like the line which says, "If I and if I don't know you, I'm gonna serve you through my burglar bars." <laughs> Man, it made me want to just sell drugs. Oh my gosh, Tune Day, come on! <laughs> I know, I know, it's, it's bad. Oh man, but but yeah, if you haven't and you're like you're into like you know kind of trap trap rap or whatever. Um, and this is also the first. Um, I know everyone's heard of "Wasted" with Plies. Um, This is where it first appeared. This song "Wasted" before it was on this actual album. But uh, that is my audio for this week. Uh, Gucci Man, "Writing on the Wall." Uh, in my opinion, uh, if you ask me what the best "Writing on the Wall" album is, it's first Gucci Man's and then second Destiny Child's. So. Um, <laughs> uh, so that's, my, that's, that's my audio for the week. Um, a fun fact, sorry to interrupt one more time. It looks like Writing on the Wall is also on Spotify, and Writing on the Wall 2 is on Spotify. So, boom. Go ahead and check people. it out if you can. For, for the people. It's a great listen. It's such a good album. Mixtape, yeah. whatever you call it. Um, OJ the Juice Man, I miss him, G. OJ. Uh, next... For my uh, visual, I think I think we agreed that we're gonna actually flush out our conversation, but I just wanted to kind of preview for um, next week. But um, documentary came out this past weekend uh, on Showtime called uh, Basketball County in the Water. It's, it's a story or uh, documentary about PG County, where I'm from. Um, we didn't even talk about this earlier this episode about the amount of professional basketball players who come from just that one, not the state, but that one county um, in Maryland. So I think since, the two, since 2000, it's like 25 NBA players, um, like 13 or 14 WNBA players. Um, so players like, I think the, the documentary covers like Kevin, Kevin Durant and his friendship with, with Michael Beasley. Um, also Quinn Cook. Uh, Nolan Smith. Nolan Smith. Um, they, they, even, they didn't even cover they talked about uh, Steve Francis they didn't even cover like Delonte West they talked about um, Len Bias uh, R.I.P. man R.I.P. Yeah. so um, I think it's a, it's a great doc they talk about DeMar Johnson I think I'll, I'll share my DeMar Johnson story um, next week for the episode but, next week nice yeah, I, I played against him in high school um, yeah so that if you haven't seen it and you want to see it, uh, we're gonna talk about it more in depth uh, next our next week's episode. So Basketball County in the Water, um, I thought it was I thought it was a really good documentary. It's only like 
50, like 53 minutes. Yeah. So um, check it out if you can. Dog, also, also, we, we talked, you talked to Lynn Bias. Um, also, you got to check out that 30 for 30 they did on ESPN oh, without yeah. bias. Have yeah. you seen that? Yeah, 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 I saw it. Yeah, yeah. I, for, for, for anyone out there who's, who's not sure who the hell we're talking about, uh, who is Lynn Bias, why is he a standout in a documentary like this, they did an amazing, amazing, amazing ESPN 30 for 30 documentary called Without Bias on him, like, Incredible and athlete, tragic the story. Crazy thing, thing is, like, yeah, he he went to Maryland, which is like University of Maryland, which is literally like five minutes from my mom's house. Yes, or at all. Um, he was, you know, probably the best player of that draft. He gets drafted by the Celtics, and it's crazy thing he gets drafted by the Celtics, but the Celtics had just won a championship the year before. Yep. So like. After, I don't I forget how they got that high of a draft pick, but they did. And I think if them bias plays for them, they easily win another three or four championships. Easy. That's how good he was. Um, I mean, he was he was. I will not deny how incredible he he was. Yeah, imagine imagine somebody still like, had to do with Jordan like, though. Like, like Shaq, like Shaq with, a, with like a mid range jump shot, and that dominant in, like in 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 the paint. But anyways, so. That's my um, visual for this week. And then my mental is a book by uh, Angela Davis. It's called Are Our, Our Prisons Obsolete? And I read this book for the first time, I want to say in two, 2013-2013. I'm just going to read like a short segment or like a short like review by Cynthia McKinney, who's like a former congresswoman. It kind of, I think, perfectly sums up what the book is about. So she says that um, in this brilliant, thoroughly researched book, Angela Davis swings a wrecking ball into the racist and sexist underpinnings of the American prison system. Her arguments are well thought are well wrought and restrained, leveling an unflinching critique of how and why more than 2 million Americans are presently behind bars and the corporations who profit from their suffering. Davis explores the biases that criminalizes communities of color, politically disenfranchises huge chunks of minority voters in the process. In the process. Uncompromising in her vision, Davis calls not merely for prison reform, but for nothing short of new terrains of justice. Another invaluable work in the open media series by one of America's last truly fearless public intellectuals. So um, I think she starts the book talking about like the history of prisons and how when prisons were first thought of and they were actually for reform, reformed, and how they're, they're not now. Like if, over time, prison switched from reform to punishment, and yeah. um, slavery and, of sorts. Yeah, and she talks about just how um, all these different corporations um, profit off of off of it. So it looks like I, it's a pretty short book too. It doesn't look like yeah, it's that long. Yeah. It, uh, like if you look at it, I don't know if you can see it. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's super short. Yeah, 
I'll read that by next week. So, um, she, at, after finishing reading the book, it changed a lot of my views on on prison. I'm not going to say we don't need prisons, but I'm going to say 80% of people who are in prisons shouldn't be in prisons or shouldn't be in prisons as long as they are in prisons. And definitely, I feel like people who have served the time should, across the board, be able to vote. But um, That think, would change. That would change so much if they allowed prisoners to vote, bro. Yeah, it would. I think some, I want to say Maine or Vermont, one of those New England states, they actually allow prisoners in prison to vote. But, um, mm. yeah, but this book kind of f- started to form my opinion or change my opinion on on prisons as well. Um, so if you can, check it out. It's a really short read. Um, looking at the book now, it's literally not including, like, the references. It's a hundred and fifteen pages. We're gonna have to have a conversation about the Thirteenth Amendment too, because oh, yeah. it's right in it's right there in that same ballpark. Yep. All right. Yep. So that is those are my ABM recommendations uh, for the week. Good stuff, dog. That's another that's another good one, man. I appreciate that one for sure. Uh, so there's a there's a used bookstore I found. Um, or a friend of mine told me about down the street from my place. So I'm going to see if I've been trying to support that instead of just contributing to Jeff Bezos's trillion dollars of net worth. So we'll see if they got it there. Otherwise I'll just contribute to Jeff Bezos's trillion dollars of net worth. So, all right, let's wrap it up. So you ready? Ready to wrap yeah. it up? Yep. Yeah. All right, Doug. So, all right, everybody, we've, Left y'all with a few things to check out until we meet up next week. Uh, and as always, thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate all the engagement, the feedback. Uh, thank you guys for joining us on our Instagram lives. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. And keep rocking with us, man. We're only getting bigger and better as time goes on. As always, you can stay connected with us via our email summer16podcast at gmail.com it'd be super dope if any of you guys shared your poems with us I think that would be really fucking cool we'd love to read some of those out on the show Um, maybe on well on Facebook I'll post uh, the prompts and everything for people that want to try it out Uh, you can find us on Instagram summer16pod and as well as our Facebook page summer16podcasts As always, the links will be in the description. And, you know, not begging, but if you enjoyed the content, you know, you want to help us grow, provide better shows, you know, feel free to throw a little something-something towards the Cash App, dollar sign, Summer 16 Pod. Anything always helps. We're always appreciative, and, you know, thanks to everyone that supported us so far. And so until next time, that's a whole lot of gang shit. So stay out of trouble, everybody. See you next week. All right. Peace. Peace.